What's up, everything? There haven't been a lot of games for the Blues this week, but that's probably for the best. The one game we did see we didn't like as Jamie Benn and the Stars quite literally walked all over the Blues. In place of game discussions, we took to Reddit and to Twitter to ask for mailbag questions, and boy, did you deliver. You all called down the thunder, and now you've got it. So let's get started, and let's go Blues. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. We are coming to you from one of our three luxurious studios outside Ebbing, Missouri, and I am here with Ian Peters, and we are recording tonight on June, not June, I don't know where that (laughs) came from, March 8th. How are you doing tonight, Ian? I'm doing great on March 8th. (laughs) Thank you for reiterating. In June, not as good, probably. No, probably not. Uh, this is uh, the night of the San Jose Sharks game, which we will not be watching out of protest. No, we're trying to record before it, but we'll miss some of it, and that's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a couple nights after the Oscars, hence the Oscar reference. The Shape of Water won Best Picture and Best Director, which is the the ultimate <laughs> sweep, in my opinion. Or as I've seen it referred to by some on Twitter, Grinding Nemo, which I think oh, is God. a great name. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, my God. I, I am a wannabe cinephile, but I'm actually not. So I don't know much. I saw Get Out a couple of days ago, and that was dope. So that's all I've got to say about the Oscars. Do you have anything to add? I saw Shape of Water. And how was that? She has sex with a fish man. <laughs> so it is, I, it is as advertised. Well, see, that's the thing. They, you kind of know that going in. <laughs> but I forgot halfway through the movie. Uh-huh. So when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like another surprise. It's still very good. Very deltorian or... Yeah. That's a, that's an adjective people use, right? That sounded right enough that I nodded my cool, head. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> that literally, I mean, I don't think I've seen many of the movies at all this year that were nominated. I saw Logan, which was also nominated mm-hmm. for Best Adapted Screenplay, and I saw Get Out, which was nominated for Best Original Free Screenplay after it won, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, also Disaster Artist, which was, so, you know, that's... Three of the ten screenplay movies, that's a start. Uh, But we're not here to talk about the Oscars, especially. They're over. We're here to talk about hockey. It's Uh, over. And a drama of sorts unfolded in Carolina this week when general manager Ron Francis was demoted by promotion uh, to the role of, I guess, president... Of baseball operations, or, or not baseball, I just read a baseball thing. I'm really off my game tonight. President <laughs> of Hockey Operations, which is the sport that the Hurricanes play. Believe it or not, Who knows? you couldn't tell by watching them. Um, and he's going to be replaced by, a, I think, a younger member of the organization. Has it been announced? I, think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I heard, heard his name. name, I think, and then I can't remember if it's okay. official or not. But, um, 
I don't care much. I don't have a lot to say other than this will be the path Doug Armstrong ultimately takes <laughs> out of the GM role in St. Louis, even though he's already both. I don't know how you promote him, but you do. So You promote him to one job. Yeah. You say you can do this one job way better than both these jobs, kind of. And then you make Martin Brodeur the GM. Yeah. But uh, don't actually do that. We're going to talk about that later in our uh, mailbag segment, so let's not step on that. Oh, I already did. (laughs) Thanks. It's over, folks. (laughs) Good night. Uh, Paul Stastny has two goals and four assists since joining the Jets in five games, counting tonight, uh, which he may have gotten one more because they added another goal that I didn't see. Um, He's doing well, as I think we all (laughs) expected he would do. When he was moved to a team full of elite forward talent. Was he still on the same line with Ehlers and Line? Liner, I think so. I believe he is. Wow. Uh, that's some that's some good young folk to pass the puck <laughs> to, right? There's no way. Like, if they do really well this year, if I'm Paul Stasny, I'll sign for a lot less just to stay there. Yeah. That seems like a pretty good deal. Yep. Yep, and Nikolai Ehlers got the game winner assisted by Dustin Bufflin, though, so Paul is really slacking. He's yeah, only got one assist. <laughs> like we just said, a terrible player. <laughs> Who does not belong yeah, on that team. get off the Jets. Uh, speaking of terrible players, which is not what we're about to talk about, but there was the NHL players poll uh, that the NHLPA does, I guess, regularly um, on a lot of different... Uh, topics and questions and we want to discuss it because hey it's fun uh so we'll talk about the players uh i think 500 over 500 players took part in the poll according to nhlpa.com uh we'll cover the questions and they were surveyed on more than 20 hockey related questions during their annual nhlpa team meetings between the preseason and early january so there you go which is a weirdly long window. <laughs> but, you know. Um, the first question is, who is the league's fastest skater? Uh, I think it's no surprise that Connor McDavid won with an overwhelming 81% of the vote. Um, he has won the fastest skater skill two years in a row, and he's incredibly gifted and fast. Um, the runners-up were Michael Grabner, Nick Letty, which is really interesting to me. He got 2.4% of the vote. Um, and Dylan Larkin and Chris Kreider. So some interesting names on that list, but no surprise at who the winner is. Uh, which goalie is the most difficult to score on? I guess no surprise again that Carey Price won with 41% of the vote. Um, Jonathan Quick was 12.1%. Pekka Rene, Sergei Bobrovsky, and Braden Holtby uh, were the fi- other finalists or other named players. I'm sure other people received votes, but... Uh, any names stick out to you on that list? I think that'd be kind of the five or six best mm-hmm. goalies. Not really. Those are kind of who I thought. You said yeah. Bobrovsky was on there. You mentioned earlier that Vasilevsky isn't on there, which yeah. may be kind of surprising since he's having a Vezina season, but it could also be based on when the questions were mm-hmm. done, you know, because he's so young. Yeah, he's kind of more of a new name, but I'm sure he'll be on there in mm-hmm. next year even. It is interesting that Lundqvist isn't on there uh, nor are Mark Andre Fleury or Corey Crawford, who mm. have been the ones that have won a lot of cups. So, you don't necessarily have to have the best goalie to be a successful team. Uh, something the Blues 
don't certainly don't have. <laughs> so, uh, who is the most difficult player to play against? Sidney Crosby has nine or thirty percent of the vote, uh, and Connor McDavid has five percent less. And then Patrick Kane, which I'm a little surprised, just because of the style he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess they always could worry that he'll punch out their ride home if <laughs> <laughs> they don't treat him properly. So yeah, he's he's above the law. Uh, <laughs> Shea Weber and Andre Kopitar, the remainder of that list. So that's kind of the skills part of the list. But then there are some fun stuff, and there are some blues names coming up, or at least former Aww. blues names. Uh, toughest player to play against. The runaway winner is Brian Reeves, the longtime blue, as mm-hmm. John Kelly would say. Hopefully future blue. Uh, he got almost 45% of the vote. Um, and Milan Lucic took home 15, and then Zdeno Chara, Michael Hawley, or Haley, of the Florida Panthers, who I've never even heard of, and Matt Martin of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, cool. It was cool to see Ryan Reeves take this mm-hmm. home. I don't think he gets a trophy, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I think fitting, and it does kind of explain why he got a first-round pick for us in the trade that sent him to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, but I think uh, Steve Dangle had some quote where he said... Uh, Ryan Reeves' trade to Las Vegas doesn't seem overly, you know, like something you'd write home about. Mm-hmm. But if you write toughest NHL player to play against Ryan Reeves in the trade, you go, oh, yeah. that seems like a pretty good trade. Yeah, and since all they really had to do was eat a little Derek Broussard salary. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, it's a, it's a good addition to he a He looks dope roster. in that jersey. He sure does as, does, as do most people. They've grown on me. If the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. Excuse me. Win the cup this You're year. Excused. I'll buy a Ryan Reeves jersey. That'd be dope. I'd do it to you, uh, or David Perron. Oh yeah. Um, we gotta we <laughs> gotta get one. It's one or the other for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. We could each do one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, most underrated player. This seems like it was probably a category where a whole lot of guys got a few votes because mm-hmm. the. The winner was Nick West Backstrom, who only took 8.6% of the vote. But coming in at number two, uh, maybe to the surprise and certainly to the delight of Blues fans, is Jaden Schwartz with 6.8% of the vote. Um, And this, you know, if a lot of this was taken before the season, it doesn't even count his really hot start to this year, which makes it extra interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nikita Kucherov... Also betraying the fact that it was taken before the season with 6.2% of the vote. And then Alexander Barkov, who is a big hobby horse of both you and yeah. I in terms of guys who get underrated. And is ignored. Nikita Kutrov really underrated? Like, he's not talked about as much as, say, like a Crosby or I think maybe Malkin, before the but... season he was a little bit, but okay. he certainly doesn't belong on there now, yeah. I feel like I hear he's his name enough. He's probably going to win the Hart Trophy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know how you can be underrated in that category. <laughs> but uh, Ryan O'Reilly was the finalist there. Uh, player is the best role model. Sidney Crosby, 33%. Jonathan Taves, 10%. I mean, he hasn't raped anybody. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's the best mm-hmm. role model on that <laughs> team. Sorry, I had to take another Patrick Kane digs. <laughs> Sorry if some of you love Patrick Kane. But if you do, get out of here. You can stop listening. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Patrice Bergeron with 6% of the vote. Shea Weber with 3.1%. And then old greasy Patrick Marlowe <laughs> with 2.6%. He slid in the fifth place. He sure <laughs> did. And then just kept sliding. <laughs> he was actually trying to slide into seventh place, but the momentum just carried mm, it all the This way wasn't on ice it. either. This was no, on concrete. No, it was just on his hair. <laughs> Uh, which player would you select to start a franchise? No surprise that Connor McDavid almost got 50% of the vote. Little surprising that Sidney Crosby got 24, considering he's in his 30s now and mm. not necessarily looking over the edge into retirement, but closer to that than starting his career, yeah. I assume. Um, Austin Matthews got 5.8%. Jonathan Taves also got 3.1%. And then Eric Carlson, who some believe is a busted, useless asset, got 1.8%. Defenseman the most difficult to play against, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, Cher, and Shea Weber all got about 20%. They're all in the same neighborhood. And then Brent Birds and Victor Hedman. Uh, Forward most difficult with Crosby, McDavid, Kane, Kopitar, and Bergeron. Uh, and best team players was pretty much all of those same names, Crosby, Taves, Bergeron, Kopitar, and Thornton. Um, Thornton? Any names? Yes. Joe Elbow Thornton. Is a what? What was he voted for? Uh, most bestest team player, which I guess, I mean, all he right. hasn't elbowed his own team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were asked what quality you most appreciate in a teammate. Work ethic was 26%. Team player was 14 Honesty, loyalty, and respect. This is starting to sound like a John Cena slogan. Uh, <laughs> um, there was, if you need to win one game, who's the number one pl- player you want? Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Carey Price. Patrick Kane and Eric Carlson. I really don't get the love for Patrick Kane on this list. I don't think he's that good, but I, you know, I guess maybe three-time Cup champ. That's true. It's true. and nothing else. That's true. And I guess he's not. He's the one that sticks out as more of a win-your game for you, not mm-hmm. really the uh, the Taves fella. But Sidney Crosby have forty-three percent of that vote. Um, and they were asked, do you like the way points are currently awarded for a win or a loss in the regular season? 78% said yes. Of course uh, they do. Rounding it out, Joel Quinville was voted mo- coach you would most like to play for, followed by John Cooper, Gerard Gallant of the Vegas Golden Knights. Cooper is of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Quinville is of the Chicago Blackhawks, for those who <laughs> may not know. And Mike Babcock of uh, Toronto was 7.5%. He is not a happy-looking man. And Peter mm-hmm. Laviolette was 4.9%. Uh, Quinville was asked why he was voted so high, and I think he replied something like, I guess I'm getting soft or something like that. <laughs> Classic hockey answer. Um, and then this is another one that involves the Blues a little bit. Which current assistant coach should be the next head coach? DJ Smith of the Toronto Maple Leafs got 8.3%. Todd Reardon of the Capitals got 7.4%. Ulf Samuelson of the Blackhawks got 5.1%. Our very own Steve Ott uh, also got 5.1%. Who have you seen at all this year? And then, what the hell? I didn't even notice this before. Have I seen Steve Ott? No. He's up in the press box, though, I think. I know, but that picture is the first I've seen of him since he, like, like, retired from hockey. That's true. And then this is the one I don't get at all. Lindy Ruff. 4.2%. 4.2%. Hasn't that ship settled? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck luck. <laughs> He's out there 
assistant coaching the New York Rangers? Why, Lindy? You're better than that, but also worse yeah. at the same time. Let's get out. Uh, and then which current player would be a great coach when they retire? Sidney Crosby, uh, Derek Stepan, as I think we all assumed, Jason Spezza, which would be dope if he ever laughed, um, and <laughs> oh, then Matt cool. Cullen and Jonathan Daves. And who is the best referee? Wes McCulley and Kelly Sutherland. Run away with it. That's Run great. Uh, That's weird how much they ran away with it. Yeah. So you got two favorites in the NHL as far as refs go, and everyone else can just suck Uh it, apparently. Pretty much. (laughs) Um, Finally, just closing this out because I'm a completionist. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, The favorite rink to play in is the Bell Center with 25%, which is probably just all the French-Canadian players. You got to play in the Bell Center. Wee wee. Uh, The United Center, 22%. MSG, Madison Square Garden, 15%. Staples Center, 5.4%. And Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, 4.9%. The best ice is the Bell Center. The worst ice is in Sunrise, Florida with the Florida Panthers and in uh, Glendale, Arizona with the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, which team has the best fans excluding your own? The Blackhawks and the Predators are the two leading teams, which just gross. Uh, so that is the players' poll. You can find all that at NHLPA.com. We hope you we haven't worn your ear off talking. They should about poll it. the fans. They should. So we can. I got stuff so we to can say. Set them straight. <laughs> yeah. I want to be one of them official fans, baby. Who's uh, a dumpster fire? Patrick Kane. <laughs> Which player is the biggest dumpster fire? <laughs> uh, that'd be the question they'd have to ask. That's what you gotta ask uh, the fans. <laughs> uh, speaking of dumpster fires, there's news in the blue season, Bang. and it's all bad. Uh, Jay Bomeister and Scotty Upshaw are both out for the rest of the season. I should clarify, Jay Bomeister is out for the season, mm-hmm. and Scotty Upshaw will be, quote, reevaluated in four weeks when <laughs> There's one game left, and we ain't going to the playoffs. Uh, so they're both done for the year. Uh, could be both of their last games in a Blues uniform played in Dallas. Um, Maybe. Scotty Upshaw, I would think, probably. Although he was a late addition this year, so it could be. But, you know, I would think they'd create a fourth-line role for Sashnikov or some of the other guys, Sanford maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, Man, I forget about Sanford. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, Jay Bomeister, the interesting thing with him is I, I've seen a lot of people, uh, and we'll talk about this for a minute, I guess. I've seen a lot of people talking about, well, maybe we should buy him out now. Um, to cut that off at the pass, it, it looks improbable that we'll be able to because he has a recovery timeline of something like five months. Mm-hmm. And the buyout window is from the end of the season on like June 15th to the end of June. So he'd have to be healthy in those two weeks because you can't buy out an unhealthy player. Um, and it doesn't look like he'll be able to. But on a bigger note, if someone thinks that Jay Bomeister buyout is like priority number one in this team's offseason. No, no, no. No, friend. No. <laughs> uh, he has, what, like $5.4 million on his salary, Something somewhere like around that. there, maybe yeah. a little less, uh, for one more season after this one. 
Uh, if you buy him out, you owe him like $1.8 million for the next two seasons because you like half the contract, but you double mm-hmm. the time that you uh, counts against your cap. I mean, you just have to pay him the money, I think, on the spot. But um, yeah, no, no. We've got so many bigger problems than that. Jay Bomeister has probably been injured the entire time this year. Um, just, I mean, you just... I know there are a lot of haters out there, but you could see he never looked quite himself all year since returning from the first injury, and now this one, they say, has been nagging at him pretty much since the first one. Is this hip? Since he came back, yeah. Okay. Um, So you don't know what a healthy Jay Bomeister looks like right now, but even if he looks terrible, you've got a better chance of maybe trading him to Florida for like a one last skate around the ice Mm -hmm. type of year. Uh, to the team, the team he was drafted by, like second or third overall in seventeen ninety two, <laughs> or uh, just keep him and let him be your sixth or seventh defenseman for five point four million. Some people, some some teams just have to do that. It's a statement for how well, in some respects, although we'll crap on him plenty this episode. <laughs> Doug Armstrong's done in his tenure year here to avoid having to do that. Where you just have, if you want to look up real bad, just go take a look at Andrew McDonald and how Flyers fans feel about that guy mm-hmm. because it is ugly. Uh, so I don't want to dwell on that too long. But do you have any comments on that uh, situation? I only, I only think that Jay Bomeister, he'll be here next year with us if we don't trade him. And then I think when this contract's up with whatever team he's with, I think he retires. I yeah, really do. Probably. It's enough enough injuries piling up late in his career, and he doesn't quite seem like the kind of guy that has this unending drive that he must win the cup on any team at any cost. Yeah. He's probably just going to, I don't know, pack it in more likely I than not. I heard someone refer to him as like our physical player, or maybe Ooh. our tough player. Maybe not physical, but tough. I think it was TJ Moe, the former Missouri wide receiver on their talk show now on like 590 or whatever. And I was just like, you look at this team, you think tough, and your answer is Jay Bomeister, which is another point I have. When we traded for him, I think part of the allure was he was the NHL Ironman, which people don't remember because he's been hurt like the entire time <laughs> since then. It is kind of crazy to think about, but I was thinking about that the other day, and he like, I remember him missing like one game once finally. And ever since then, it's just kind of been fell like apart. downhill. Um, but contrary to some fans we've seen on Twitter who uh, who are celebrating this injury, we do not celebrate injuries no. on the Two Guys No Cup podcast, and we wish them all the best and hope they have a speedy recovery and a long and successful and prosperous remainder of their career. And a uh, great accounting career in the future. Yes, which is what Jay Bellmeister has the face to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Joel Evanson skating again uh, doesn't tell you a whole lot necessarily since he had an arm injury, a compound <laughs> fracture. <laughs> To like, his arm. You can't call it an arm injury when bone was popping out. <laughs> you had bones outside your body. He had an upper body compound <laughs> fracture. Um, but uh, I want us to do kind of a mea culpa because we said 
that his injury would mean very little to this team because of our defensive depth. And I doubt that's the main, the only or necessarily even the main reason. Mm-hmm. But we are like one and eight and two since he went <laughs> down to injury. So maybe he did have a more significant role than I realized. Uh, do you have anything to add on Edmondson? You know, when, like, all the Jenga blocks have fallen down, uh-huh. and it's just a big pile? Yeah. But you can reach your hand and pull one from underneath still, uh-huh. and it kind of falls down more. Yeah. That's kind <laughs> That's of the Joel the Edmondson, Joel Edmondson injury. <laughs> you go, oh, we were already a pile of crap, and now we just got worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe they'll pick these Jenga blocks back up. We ain't losing after Joel Edmondson comes back. You heard it here Book first. Book <laughs> We did lose, though, when we placed the Dallas Stars. <laughs> he wasn't there. We're in Dallas. Good. He was not, no. Uh, on, what was this, Saturday at, like, 1 in yeah. the afternoon or something weird. Man, day losses are just, like, nasty. Yeah, it was gross. Um, we played them, kind of, for parts of the game, <laughs> which is the best thing I can say about this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were destined to fail, much like all things from Missouri. It's a better day because Missouri basketball lost. Three billboards didn't even win a lot of Oscars like it was supposed to. They're all destined to fail. <laughs> Missouri gets the Cardinals alone, and that one, like once every two decades, you get the Royals, and that's that's it. Um Thanks, baseball. Thanks. Uh, there was a fight right off the hop in this game when Chris Thorburn took on Mr. France himself, Antoine Roussel. Uh, they were scuffling before the puck dropped on the very opening faceoff. Uh, and then after about 11 seconds, they finally got into it. Um Thorburn had him sort of shoved up against the board and pinned him there, uh, but Roussel was getting in a lot of jabs and a couple uppercuts. Roussel finally threw some nice rights in as he was falling over, but at that point Thorburn took him down and got control and stayed on top of him and kind of rained down some blows. Uh, The rest tried to separate Thorburn, but he continued to bludgeon him. Uh, And HockeyFights.com gives the vote 46.8% to Thorburn winning, 27.8% to Roussel winning, and 25.3% to a draw, which is kind of where I went lean, although Thorburn was like physically on top, Roussel Mm -hmm. got a lot of punches. Um, Didn't Roussel like come at Thorburn from behind? Yeah, he got the instigator penalty here, which was interesting because in the commentary I heard, they were talking about how Thorburn, by staying on top of him when the rest were trying to pull him off, was risking a roughing or whatever sort of penalty, and it was actually Roussel who got the extra penalty, mm. served by Mr. Gigway himself, Jason Spezza, who was, this was no laughing matter Mm-mm. for Jason Spezza. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so Thorburn fought, and it accomplished nothing. Uh, Steen yanked a puck for from Matthias Yanmark in this period and skated in on Bishop alone, but couldn't finish, and then Shen also couldn't finish oh, a breakaway on right. Bishop. Um, and the first period ended nothing, nothing with, uh, a disheartened boys group probably, but not as disheartened as they would be when Tyler Pitlick of all freaking people, does it ever feel like, I know Jamie Benn and, and, and Radulov are going to score in this game, but mm-hmm. does it ever feel like the goals are scored against us, but just the grossest people like yeah. Austin Watson and Tyler Pitlick freaking own this team. I don't know if I've ever seen... And I'm sure he has, but uh, Tyler Sagan's score on the Blues yeah. as a Dallas star. I've never seen it. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's happened. There's yeah, some guys. But Tyler Pitlick will. Yeah, all, all day, every game. Uh, Pitlick goal-posted Gunnarsson and I think Petrangelo while skating up ice. And uh, Roussel turned around, kind of blindly hit a crazy cross ice right through the center of those two guys and two-line pass to Roussel, who then just skated in on Hutton. And unlike us skating in alone on Bishop, was very easily oh, yeah. able to score. <laughs> Which, again, I'm not blaming Hutton because it's a one-on-one breakaway and that's never in the goalie's favor. But it is kind of a, a queer picture of the difference between having a Carter Hutton and a, and a Ben Bishop. And Jake Allen would have mm. been no different. This is not me defending Jake Allen. But do you remember how we traded Ben Bishop for a second-round pick? Oh, I sure do. Uh, uh, did Ben Bishop even make like amazing saves against... No, Shannon Steen. not particularly. That's what bothered me the most was that I think they were just into his pads or one was like a complete mess. It's like these are our better players. It's not Schwartz and Tarasenko, but I mean it's Shannon Steen. Uh-huh. These aren't, you know, it wasn't like Berglund was in one on O. I wouldn't expect him to put it in between anything. So if he could get it between the sideboards. Yeah, though. that'd be it's pretty good. Enough. But yeah, it's it's very disheartening when your better players you would expect to at least challenge Bishop. Don't even do that. No, they don't. Uh, but Ivan Barbashev did. Uh, he scored his fifth goal <laughs> of, of the season. <laughs> uh, this was a play where we won a face pu- face off, and there was actually good punk puck movement, which is pathetic that I have to point out every time that happens. <laughs> um, Few and far between. <laughs> uh, we done finally f- fired a shot. They got through some legs and bounced wide off of Bishop's pad, and Barbie was there to bury a basically empty netter. It was a nice goal. It was a nice tying goal six mm-hmm. minutes after they went ahead. So it was a good, it felt good going into the second tied one-to-one. And it wouldn't stay there. The Blues would score first in the third period when Jaden Schwartz skated friggin' coast-to-coast with this baby. This is one of those goals that you watch and you see Jaden Schwartz score this. And I swear Alex Steen used to do this. TJ Oshie did it. A lot where you'd see them do this thing where it's like that's one of the best goals that'll be scored in the league this year Mm -hmm. and you can do that and why don't you do it more which Uh is not like (laughs) Jaden Schwartz isn't priority number one on that issue but like it's just it's and you and I talked about it a little at the time it it feels like the Blues have a lot of guys who aren't always playing to their potential Mm -hmm. you know and this was one of those goals. I don't want to pick it apart because it was beautiful, and Schwartz has had a really good season, uh, especially prior to his injury. But it was it's 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 so nice that it's almost frustrating that you don't get to see it more often. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he basically skated end to end, skated around Roussel, and then just sniped it over Bishop Bishop, which I wanted to say Bischoff, which is not a goalie's name. <laughs> uh, easy peasy goal. Uh, 12.43 into the third period. The Blues look like maybe they're going to win a game. You think it. You you think to yourself, I thought I've maybe. been here before. But you're also thinking, but it's a division rival. Maybe they've got that little extra fire playing Ken Hitchcock. You know, maybe they just beat they the Red hold Wings. on. Yeah, they had it, but they lost it. 
Uh, Alexander Radulov equalized with three minutes left. Uh, I thought this was a power play goal, but upon further review, it just wasn't. We were just bad. Uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn uh, assisted on this. Benn took a heavy shot that went off the boards. I think he meant to hit the net, but he didn't. It went behind the net. But Sagan was right there to backhand it in front to Radulov, who knocked it in easily uh, off or under um, Hutton's right mm-hmm. pad. Uh Petrangelo kind of gave Radulov too much space here. I said, he said, I didn't say this because it would have been weird for me to say it, but he (laughs) said, I've got to be harder in front of the net there. I let that one go in. Would be a very strange claim for me to make, but it was Alex Petrangelo, (laughs) folks. Um, The... uh, so the, the the score was now two to two, and you're thinking, oh, here we go again. Yeah, it's over. I'm thinking, honestly, this ain't making overtime. And it almost didn't, because uh, Devin Shore certainly scored what was absolutely a legal goal uh, with a few minutes left oh, shortly after this Radulov goal. Uh, it was called a goal on the ice, and it was somehow disallowed. Uh, Shore was in a pile of bodies, and as he was being dragged down against his own will, and with no possible way of knowing where the puck was, it went off his skate and in past Hutton, uh, but upon review, they called it a distinct kicking motion um, and disallowed the goal, which kind of reflects back on that conversation we had last week about the... um, it wasn't Rick Nash. I want to say it was Rick Nash. I forget who scored it. Scott Hartnell, the the junior mm-hmm. Rick Nash, um, <laughs> who scored that goal off his foot where he very intentionally used his foot to score the goal. This was the exact opposite, but because it was a more distinct kicking motion, it has to be allowed. So good on you, NHL. I mean, it did gift us a point, but I don't care about the <laughs> point. That's just the point that's going to cost us our first-round pick this year. But as we'll hear, though, the, that point was a big point. Oh, we'll talk about it plenty. And what did you say on Twitter, that you'd eat a bag of Blackwagger-ish if, if that point carried us into oh, the playoffs? Oh, if we make the playoffs, I'll eat a bag of Blackwagger-ish. And that's a big deal, because that stuff tastes... That stuff's disgusting. ...like a belt. I'll eat it with you. We'll go in together. I would never make you do such a thing. <laughs> This is it sort was of, my bet I'm taking the This punishment. is the sort of stuff they do in Guantanamo. <laughs> As I'm, eat I'm like 99% sure. Here, here, eat this or tell us where your president is. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Al-Qaeda has presidents. <laughs> El Presidente. <laughs> speak Spanish. Uh-huh. That's in Guantanamo. Exactly, you got it, folks. From us, the FBI agents. Uh, We went to overtime. We got a point. Uh, We spent two minutes and 11 seconds of the three minutes and four seconds of overtime in our own zone. And finally, Jamie Venn scored. Uh, Tyler Sagan won a puck battle with Barbashev. Which, by the way, why wouldn't Tyler Sagan, Jamie Venn, and I'm going to guess on a limb on a wild guess, John Klingberg, are on the ice. Why are Vladimir Tarasenko, Ivan Barbashev, and Colton Pareko our answer to that question? I ask you. Give me an answer now, please. <laughs> uh, because Mike Yo is drunk. Um, man, I don't know if any other options are better. No, not necessarily. I think that speaks to the state anyway, of this team. Continue. Anyway, <laughs> anyway Sagan passes to Ben. Ben knocks it home. Uh, game over. We lose. Ben breaks his stick. Dang. It was like a 12-game scoring drought he'd been on, uh, but he ended it. Uh, and we forgot. We forgot the big moment of the game. 
uh, which was the very controversial moment. But did you have something else you wanted to say before? Oh, that? there was a slow motion replay of Teresinga also snapping a stick over his knee. Nice. So I thought that was fire. Yeah, and like... I'm going to kill this team if they don't stop sucking. They better trade me next year. <laughs> I want to be a Vancouver Canuck. Let's go. Said no one. I can see Russia from Vancouver. <laughs> um, the big moment of this game, well, let's let's talk about We'll, we'll close with that discussion. We'll talk about some of the quotes. Um, you've heard all the quotes before, but I'll regurgitate them to you anyway. You, I could honestly at this point, could I not just stop? copying and pasting quotes why don't from like you, three weeks ago. Well, I guess you wrote these quotes down, so yeah. you already remember what they were. I was going to say, why don't you just stare me up? in the eye and okay. tell me exactly what people I can, said. I can make one up Okay, uh, for Mike Yo. Here it goes. Uh, it was a tough loss tonight, but it was a big point. Uh, I think we battled hard. We tried hard, uh, but it really hurts to lose that game there at the end. It's not hard enough. It's not good enough. We know that. We got to go on this road trip. We got to get some points against some tough teams, and we got to look ourselves in the mirror. I know he didn't say that, but he should have. I believe all of that. We got to pick ourselves up and learn to move on from this loss. How's that sound? Was it pretty good? Yeah, I'd say that. You probably hit like 90% of it, I'm sure. <laughs> what That's he, a great ad libs. Thank you. Uh, what he actually said, I would say it's a familiar feeling. Uh, we all would say that, Michael. <laughs> that is the nicest way of saying this team blows. <laughs> We've had a few of these this year. We get the lead late in the game. We had to play with a lot more confidence, a lot more assertion, a lot more aggressiveness, a lot more lot of stuff. You have to play smart. I feel like a lot of times we get into a shell. We just sort of hope to hang on in these situations where that's not the right way to do it. You've got to keep defending, but you've got to do it aggressively. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We need more of a killer instinct. And I swear, by the way, I tweeted about killer instinct, but I swear uh, he had a second quote that I didn't even bother to write down because I'm so sick of it, which was much closer to the quote I just made up. Um, and then Alex Petrangelo also said what I just said. We're playing a hard game, but again, you've got to get results. I've said that for too long now. You have, Alex. <laughs> uh-huh. We played the game hard. There were a lot of good efforts tonight, but we've got to find a way to close out games. We'll take one point over nothing, but still not good enough. Which is like, yeah, but no, you know. Um why even say we'll take one point? Know. You it, it just happens because of the rules of the game. <laughs> so why not just I, I be like, not good enough? I guess we won't give this one back. Yeah, um, Still not good enough. We're chasing these guys in the standings, and we needed to tonight. It'll be a tough four days here to regroup and get a read for a really important stretch in California. Get ready, I think, for a really important stretch in California. Let's get ready. Uh, but... Alex Petrangelo is an interesting character to quote about this game uh, because he certainly had the most unique and controversial moment of the game. Uh, Really, all he did was sort of lie there. Jamie Benn was doing the (laughs) controversial stuff. but there was You could end that right there, and that would be a very interesting picture for everyone to paint. (laughs) Um, You just fill in the blanks yourself. Uh, Jamie Benn... Uh, this was towards the end. I can't remember if they'd equalized yet or not. But um, 
Jamie Ben hit, I guess, Petrangelo in the corner and they fell down and Ben sat on top of Petrangelo, quite literally. The P.K. Subban felt special, as you called it, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar. Um, and just took his sweet, sweet, sweet Barbara June time getting up. <laughs> Uh, and when he did finally get up, he smashed Petro's fat face into fat the face. ice as, <laughs> as a way of helping himself stand up. And Petro's response to this was nothing. And Chris Thorburn's response to this was nothing. And Patrick Bergwin's response to this was nothing. But the response we did get was Braden Shin going on a skate with Jamie Benn and just saying, don't do that again, okay, please. Uh, <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation, and I've heard so many people I and I'm not blaming these people but I've heard so many people say see Braden Shin's the real captain here he's the guy saying that stuff and that's all well and good I whatever fine you can't give a guy a captaincy in his first year on a team anyway so I get that but like that's not enough your captain got his face shoved into the ice <laughs> by their captain, and you did nothing. You had a chat with him. You had a parent-teacher conference because the referee was also there. <laughs> it was how it was how a fourth-grade teacher resolved conflicts between two of their students. They call in a mediator and they have a little chat, and that's what you tried to do. I've heard this argument about, well, it's a big game and you don't want to take a penalty and make a mistake and take an instigator. No, 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 no. It's not a big game. We're already out of it. I mean, we're not. We're not. Let's let's be positive and realize that there's a lot of games left to play and we're going to lose all <laughs> We're positive about that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, if everything about this frustrates me from the standpoint of, I, I, I don't understand how what Jamie Benn did isn't illegal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how that's just part of the, you know, just boys will be boys. This is hockey. Uh, but on the flip side, how does somebody not go over there and cross-check his teeth down his throat? Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's we need a, Ryan Reeves back. Uh, there's a point. There's the. There's a point for like. Let's not take the penalty here, um, and let's do that hockey. But especially <laughs> if this was after the equalizing goal, which I, I honestly can't remember, and forgive me for that. If that's after the equalizer, you know you're losing at this point anyway. Just do it. Just cross check his face in. Just do it. There is a time and a place for the David Backus just seeing red and slashing somebody's kneecap out from under him. Probably Raddick Fox, though. That'd probably be who he'd target, (laughs) right? No. Who's like a young... Jan Mark's young. Matthias Jan Mark, yeah. Matthias Jan Mark's getting a a face full of glass. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. I... Watching Petrangelo have like just a moment in his face when Ben's shoving his stinky mitt onto him, uh-huh. where he's like, "I'm not gonna take this anymore." It's for half a second, uh-huh. and then he just gives up. Yeah, all over his face, he gives up. And uh-huh. at a certain point, I want the rest of the team to defend Petrangelo, but also Petrangelo, good defend lord, yourself. like stand up it. and punch yeah. the dude in the face. Like I, I'll defend Petrangelo as a captain. I read all the time people saying he's super soft and he yeah. ain't worth squat. I don't believe any of that personally, but this did make me feel a little more like I was in their camp. I've gone on record saying on here and on Twitter that really Bacchus, when people yearn for the years before when Bacchus is the captain, they're like, well, he took those crazy penalties at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. This is the one time, like you were saying, where I was like, you know what, just might as well. Just go ahead. I'm, I hate Jamie Ben's face anyways, so like uh-huh. just like punch his face in, like you said. I can't believe it. 
I can't believe Petrangelo does nothing. Just nothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, There's, nothing. I mean, we, uh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, just, we could talk about this forever. I don't want to because it makes me angry. It's a heart. little microcosm of it's what this team's going season. through. It's yeah. literally, I mean, not the whole season. It didn't have that part at the beginning. Where I guess that was the Schwartz goal was the part at the beginning. Where we're like, we were oh, like boy. oh, this is great. Uh, but I mean, just if every game they find a new way to be uniquely sucktastic. And this was it for this game. I don't want to play into this narrative, but I'll say it on one sentence. I don't think Alexander Steen takes that crap. No. That's it. He doesn't. And we won't dwell on that, except I'm sure we'll circle back around to it. Oh, oh, yeah. um, So that's the only game we have. Uh, I don't care about the statistics. We got a few more shots. They won a few more (laughs) face-offs. We were 0 for 4 on the power play with three shots. But which team Three shots on four power plays! Oh my god! You can't be surprised, though. That's the standard. uh, How many times... uh, The amount of times I've heard us, or JK, say that we got no shots on that power play... uh Uh-huh. Is astronomical. It's to the point that I'm numb to it. I really don't believe that they'll get any ever. Yeah, yeah. Three's yeah. kind of good. Yeah. Um, I found these stats, and now I can't find them in the notes because I think I accidentally deleted. Them. In your anger. But, um, Mike Yo is cancer for a power play. Uh, I can find our tweets about them because that'll at least have some of the information that I worked a hard, long, hard three minutes to calculate. <laughs> um, he, since his time in Minnesota, has never been good on the power play. Uh, a team Mike Gill has coached for a full year has never finished in the top half on power play percentage. Uh, his two best finishes were in 15-16, which was the year he was fired in Minnesota, and they only reached 15th. And then 16-17 last year when he replaced, replaced Hitch, they had the 10th best power play in the league over the course of the whole season. Uh, but beyond that, Yo's teams have had an average of a 17.44% power play percentage, which means, I know all of you know this, I'm being a little pedantic, but that means you're scoring on less than one out of every five of your power plays. Which I realize the best percentages are probably under 25% or no higher than that, but that still feels just astronomically low. Um, His best finish in a full season was 17.9%, which is 16th in the league. And I did those calculations for the 17.44%, counting the seasons he was the half coach. And replaced by <laughs> was he replaced by Boudreaux? I guess he was. Oh, uh, somebody else. Oh, then they got Boudreaux later. The, okay. Yeah. And then uh, when he replaced Hitch, so I even counted those his two best seasons, and it was still this bad. Um, I don't know. I I don't want to be too hasty to judge Mike Yo. Let's say it together. But is the bloom <laughs> off? Is is Mike Yo done? No. Is the bloom off the rose? I mean, it certainly is. So that's oh not yeah, saying easy. Anything, but like. Is Mike Yo a bad coach? Yeah, <laughs> let's ask that question well, for a second. Uh, very bluntly, yeah. <laughs> um, it's weird because, oh god, I don't even know how to phrase this. Hitch is a better coach historically. He's just been around for forever, mm-hmm. and generally, well, he's more successful because he got one cup. But generally, more successful. Period. 
I thought I know he's been around forever, yeah. but there's like it. It is a self fulfilling prophecy that he's second or third all time in yeah. wins. But at the same time, people keep hiring him for a reason, and it's not because of his sunny disposition. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying we shouldn't have fired Ken Hitchcock because time here was, it was over. Time. It yeah, was time. it was time. Just because he's gone uh-huh. doesn't mean the next guy that comes in gets, what was it, five years from us? Yeah. They're like, oh, here's our new guy for five years. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's what I used to think. Uh-huh. Believe me. I was like, oh, Mike Yo's going to be like the next. He's going to usher in the greatness of blues or something, uh-huh. as you got to think as a delusional blues fan. But I don't think he's long for this team. I think they keep him through the summer. I think he's here next year. If we falter pretty early on next year, he gone. I think that's probably true. Um, to paraphrase Jeremy Rutherford, because I don't have his quotes in front of me. Was it he gone? <laughs> it was he gone. Uh, no, he was just saying, look, you can only do what you can do with the roster you have in front of very you. Very true. Which is very true, except he had this same role. This is, this is the part that frustrates me anytime anyone defends any part of this team's overall result. They had the same roster, minus Patrick Bergwind and minus Alex Steen and minus Jay Bomeister, which I know there are people out there saying there's your answer, and that I'm not blind to that, all right? We can talk about that. But you had the same roster in October when you were lighting up the entire league. Mm-hmm. So you can't be like, well, he doesn't have a roster that's competitive, because he did... He, it was back then, and the power play was good, and they were winning all of their games. And yeah, we we knew at the time, and we probably weren't honest enough with ourselves at the time that it was a bit inflated. But you can't tell me that this bad is the result of the roster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we should be competitive. We should be a playoff team with this roster. Not... Not a strong playoff team. Mm-hmm. No further than the second round, and even that would be a bit of a surprise, right? But, like, I'm just trying to be honest yeah. with the players we have in-house. It's not like we have basically added Braden Shin and lost, what, Ryan Reeves since last year? Mm-hmm. And we were a second-round team last year, and we're not making the playoffs this year, even though Braden Shin's been our best player. Like, And David Perron. We also lost David Perron. But, like... Yeah, I, I don't want to go on too long about it. It wasn't even in the schedule because we don't know where this shit's going, folks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just I'm I'm not like I I don't want I don't I want to temper what it sounds like I'm saying. I haven't reached the levels I've reached with some other St. Louis coaches, and we'll just leave it at that. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of St. Louis oh, sports coaches all you can the other imagine. Coaches that and are I don't want to name any names. You can think about the ones coaching this one team or the ones coaching the other team. I could be talking about STLSC. You don't know. You don't know who I'm talking about. But I haven't reached quite the point where I'm like, this is just over, even though other coaches are still hanging on. But like, Mikey is not carrying this team to a cup. Like, mm. come on. And just just do it. Just do <laughs> it. Um, I want to take a moment uh, <laughs> to thank our sponsors over at Schrader's Funeral Home, the only place to die in Baldwin. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no. Yeah. We want to take a moment uh, to compare... Uh, we, we had this idea as a topic earlier in the week, just to look at the roster 
um, from the from the fifteen sixteen playoff run, um, and uh, talk a little bit about what we've lost because I think the observation we made was it feels like this team hasn't changed much from that roster, but it has like a lot and. Um, I just wanted to talk about it. So, in 2015-16, our top seven scores were Vladimir Tarasenko. Why don't Why don't you try to name them? I'm looking okay. at them. Why don't you try to name them? Our top seven. Yes, in terms of points overall. <laughs> it gave okay. you Tarasenko. I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko. <laughs> Is that pretty good? Yeah. Okay. Vladimir Tarasenko, Jaden Schwartz. Nope. In top seven? He that was the year he missed all but thirty three wow. games. So Well, this is gonna be real fun. <laughs> I already missed that and that was my second guess. I all right. Should, I should have I no, no, no. primed you for no, the no, no. quiz. I'm sorry. We got this. Petrangelo. Yes. Shattenkirk? He, well, no, actually Petrangelo's oh, eight, so I'm sorry. Oh, Shattenkirk no. is on there. Okay. It took the fourth guess <laughs> to get the second one. Okay. Tarasenko, Shattenkirk. Man, we already Colton Pareko. Nope. Wow. No defenseman. I thought it was like high year for defenseman. He said Shattenkirk. All right, we're going for it. <laughs> Troy Brower. There you go. Number six with what? 39 points. Man, okay, I was I was shooting too high for this game. <laughs> Robbie Fabry. Number seven, 37 points. All right. So you're missing four, three, and two right now. Alexander Steen. Number two with 52 points. You remember when Alex Steen had 52 points? See, now you know why I was having a hard time guessing. Was this the year he won the coveted Viking Award we talked about last week? (laughs) So we got two more. He only played 67 games, too. And number three only played 64 games. Ooh, was one of them David Backus? Yeah, he was number four. He played 79 games. So what's, he got 45 points. So what's the final one? Or what's the rank of the final one? Number Trace. Number three? I'm missing number three? You are. But the Winnipeg Jets are not. Oh, I knew. I would. <laughs> I I was going to guess that. I, I promise you. I know. I Paul Stasny. Paul Stasny. So, what a terrible fan I am. To, to repeat that, Vladimir Tarasenko, 74. Alex Steen, 52 in 67 games. Paul Stastny, 49 in 64 games. David Backus, 45. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, 44. Troy Brower, 39. And Robbie Fabry, 37. Um, Alex Petrangelo was number eight. And number nine was Yuri Letera. What was and Jay cool? Bomeister, would you believe it, had 19 points that year? How many points did Pareko have? This was his rookie year, right? So this was the this is another thing. I don't want to go back to that. No, this we might talk be about good. It last year, he had nine goals and 24 assists that year, which was fine. Which is fine. It's a good season for a rookie defenseman. But the way we talk about his rookie right. year, I would have thought he had 50 points. I honest to God would have with like at mm. least. 12 or 13 goals. No, you're right. That's you know? why I thought he was for sure on there. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that rookie year, he lit it up, and, and he did good. We talked about that last year and just where we think he is, and I, I still love Colton Pareko and think he could be a part of this team for a long time. I just don't know that he's a future, like, superstar league player. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, okay, just just to reiterate, Vladimir Tarasenko this year, still here, not scoring 40 goals, not getting to 74 points. Alex Steen, still here, not getting to 52 points, mm-hmm. uh, has been unhealthy. Paul Stastny, traded at the deadline, gone. Although he probably had roughly these numbers 
when he was traded. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably end with around 50 points like he did that year. So Paul Stastny, pretty consistent despite... Weird. Yeah. Um, David Backus, gone. Kevin Shattenkirk, gone. Troy Brower, gone. Robbie Fabry, is gone. a ghost. <laughs> He's gone forever. Uh, Alex Petrangelo here and probably doing better than this. I don't know how many points he has now, but it's probably more than 37 or right around probably. there. Probably. Um, and then Yori Laterra is gone and Colton Pareka is still here. So one, two, three, four, five, six of your top 10 scores from that year are gone. And you've added Braden Shin and Jaden Schwartz was injured that year. So it's not a complete picture, but, it's just like, I think we don't think about how much of a transition this team really has and is going through. Um, and I'm glad, I, I still don't necessarily think as much as it looks like it that extending Bacchus or Brower was the right move for that team. Mm-hmm. Brower, definitely not. I no, mean, no, no. Uh, and Bacchus, who knows? You know, who knows what he'd be if he was still a top contributor on this team. But. I just, there is more, like, there's more going on than it looks like on the surface. Because we think of our core as, like, Petrangelo, Tarasenko, Schwartz, now Shin, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, And you don't think about the fact that that was not at all, I mean, that wasn't really our core a couple years ago. It was pieces of our core, but it wasn't the whole thing. Yeah. I'd argue that the Bacchus um, sort of Steen debate where people are like, oh, we should have kept Bacchus over Steen or, uh-huh. you know, vice versa. I don't think if, I think if you keep Bacchus in St. Louis and Steen's on the Bruins, I uh, think it's the same story but reversed. I yeah. think Bacchus isn't doing as well here and I think Steen's doing perfectly fine in, in yeah, the Boston. I, do, I, I think just think that's, that's how it was going to work. That's a red herring a little bit. And just to make one final point, Jake Allen... Uh, counting the playoffs, played 47 games with a 920 save percentage and a 235 goals against average. And Brian Elliott played 42 with a 930 save percentage and a 207 goals against Allen average. And that was the year we traded it. <laughs> um, Value. Ah, boy. Um, Jordan Bennington played one game with a 750 save percentage and 4.62 goals against Jordan Bennington. played a game. And Anders Nilsson? Oh, you remember that yeah. year we traded for Anders Nilsson with his 909 save percentage and 276 goals against He was against on Edward. that team? Yeah, apparently. Wow. Uh, in any case, um, that is just to illustrate that a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. And you had a point you wanted to make comparing how our forward group is maybe not as far behind Nashville and some of the other teams, especially Nashville, as you might think. Because I think that's the other temptation is it's just like we don't have the firepower like the Predators have, you know. But why don't you talk about that? I don't want to shape your narrative <laughs> for you. Maybe I got it all wrong. Go it's, ahead. it's sort of a two-part. We It's more that we're top heavy, which you can easily see. Uh-huh. You don't need numbers for that. We've got Shen, Schwartz, Tarasenko, and then a bunch of nothing. And they're very good. But my point was more to, I think we, you and I had talked about this or texted each other about this, but the National Predators have a pretty good forward group. Yeah, I'd say good to very good. But I don't think they're great. I don't think they're the, the best forward group there ever was. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that team has to do with their defense, which mm-hmm. is a whole other story. 
So I wanted to compare our Ford group to theirs, just to show the gap we had between them. So this is a gap between our group and a group I think is very good. So not even an elite group of forwards. So the National Predators ice the top line of Arvidsson, Johansson, and Forsberg. They have a second line of... I honest to God forget that Ryan Johansson is a person that exists. When I think about that team, it is Philip Forsberg and nothing. Really? Victor Arvidsson is like the number two forward. Sorry, go ahead. I'm going to say then they have Fiala, Turris, and Smith. Which now they have Hartman, but I left Smith in because it's been like three games. Mm-hmm. Hartnell, Bonino, Yarncroke, and then Watson, Sissons, Salomaki. Has so they've a added bit. Fisher and Hartman to yeah. the group. So this is like for the for the year. So their first line gets their first line combined gets two point three points per game. Their second line gets one point nine. Their third line gets one point three five, and their fourth line gets point six nine. So those, that's pretty even. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty even distribution where from your first line to your second line, you're only dropping down about 0. 0.4 points. From your second to your third, you're only dropping down about 0. 0.5. Same thing from your third to your fourth. Is that's, that points per game? or That's points per game for the line. Okay. So, yeah. So then you go to the Blues. Schwartz and Tarasenko. This is more historically what we've been running, so this isn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Steen, Stasny, Barbashev. Saboka, Berglund, Thompson, Upshaw, Brodziak, Yaskin. So, Blue's top line... What a group. Yeah. <laughs> Blue's top line is 2.67 points per game as a line, which is 0.3 more than Nashville's. That's like a stacked top line. We already know that. Shen have an amazing season. Tarasenko, while not doing quite as well, still... I mean, he's still on target for finishing where he normally finishes, at least points-wise. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, at least. Which... Uh, just to reiterate a point we talked about last week, he's not the problem either. No, <laughs> he's no. been fine. Schwartz <laughs> not been great, yeah. but he's been fine. Schwartz having a good year, so that's a really stacked top line. Two point six seven points per game. That's really good. Steen Stasny Barbashev, one point six five points per game. Not actually all that bad. I would almost say you're probably propped up a little by Stasny, uh-huh. if anything. That's a little lower than the second line of the Predators, who are 1.9, so about like 0.3 lower. The drop-off, as you might guess, is our third line, a saboka Berglund thompson line. I'm going to guess. What was the point per game for the second line? For our second line, it was 1.65. And what was the point per game for the third line of Nashville? 1.35. I'm going to put us at 0.76. Not quite that bad. Is it? Is there a one before the point? <laughs> there isn't, but just barely. <laughs> it's a .98, okay. which you go, okay, .98, almost a point per game for that whole line for three players, 82 points in a year. That's pretty good. <laughs> for three players. That's Your about... Your face was great there. They can't see that, but it's delightful. That's 27 points per player. Yeah. And on your third line, I would I would say this. When you're on your third line, you want these guys to be hitting about low to mid-30s. And you go, oh, that's just a few more points for each player. Yeah, but that's goals and assists, man. That's when it's tight games, that's, I don't know, five, six more mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. And what are we paying those guys collectively? About $8 million? 
Berglund's at what? You're making Four three point, point, point something. Yeah, and Saboka's three. three point, so a little less than eight. So almost plus. eight, yeah. Thompson saves it money-wise. Yeah. But yeah, you get some other washed-up fiend over there. Good yeah. God. Actually, so we're top-heavy, <laughs> and then our bottom of Upshaw, Brodziak, and Yaskin is at point eight four, which is better than Watson's and Salamaki at point six nine, just barely. Yeah, so, I mean... That's all right. Austin Watson scores all them goals. That's our middle six. That's the problem. Yeah. You didn't need the numbers to know that, but now you got them. That's a brilliant way to illustrate it. Thank you for doing the legwork on that. Uh, And by legwork, I mean probably typing work. I'd say the biggest drop for this, not to jump in, is that our second line to our third line is over half a point per game between those two. Our third line's abysmal. Which is a great transition, actually, (laughs) so thank you for that. Uh, Into some comments I wanted to talk about, and then we're just going to take a headfirst dive into this deep mailbag, and we'll be talking for three more hours, even though you have a very early morning. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, uh, Tage Thompson is a player on this team, as you probably know. Uh, But there were some comments from Mike Yo earlier in this week relayed to us by Jeremy Rutherford about why Tage Thompson isn't getting more opportunities on this team. And the comments are as follows. The way I see it, you've got to bring more than potential. We know he has potential. We know he's going to be a guy that scores a lot of goals in our league and is a real solid, effective NHL player for a long time. But you have to bring something to the table, which apparently being that isn't. Um, (laughs) He's played 28 games and we've gotten three goals. You've got to make sure you bring more to the table and the potential of scoring a goal uh, contribute uh, because if you're not excuse me you have to bring more to the table than, than the potential of scoring a goal because if you're not getting that much offense you need to find a way to contribute to the team and contribute to the game for me it's his competitiveness he's a negative he's a minus 10 right now so we've got to improve his defensive play you're going to have some games where you don't score but make sure you're not on the wrong end of it now Tage Thompson has not looked great so I'm not True. trying to prevent the overall point from being made. However, the two the two lines that jumped out at me is he's picking on Tage Thompson for being a minus 10, mm-hmm. and he's picking on him for scoring three goals in 28 games. Here's the problem with that. Alex Steen is a minus 11. You remember when Alex Steen was talked about as a selkie tro- like a selkie trophy winner? He was taught the people were like, this guy should win the selkie, and it's kind of a screw job that he didn't, mm-hmm. which was, for those of you who may not know, is like the trophy awarded to the best defensive forward, basically, mm-hmm. like the most complete all-around game. Um, you have to mix both, though. You can't just be like a defender who's playing forward and gets 12 points in your season. Um, so Steen's a minus 11. Saboka and Berglund uh, Thompson's beloved line mates, his best friends in the whole wide <laughs> world, both also a minus 10. Uh, Dimitri Askin, who's gotten 60 games that he got to start this year, is has five goals. So five goals in 60 games compared to three and 28, about the same. A little more for Thompson. Uh, Pareko has five goals in 66 games, and I realize that it's not his job to score goals the, the same way it's Tage Thompson's job to score goals, but... Um, he still is expected to produce some, and he mm-hmm. doesn't. Ivan Barbashev, gotta love him, but he has five goals in 37 games, which is better than Thompson's clip, but not 
shockingly better. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Bergwind has 8 and 41, and Saboka has 9 and 65. And my point in saying this is not necessarily to belittle all these guys, but I there's this problem, and it's common in sports, and I don't get it, where it's like, well, the young guys have to earn it. But the old guys don't have to earn it, and that's the problem with this team right now. He made this big li- he made this big statement about how he's going to start scratching players whose effort wasn't enough to snuff, and he scratched Bergwind once, and that's all we ever heard yeah, about. That's it. And it. they've never talked about. I mean, it's only been two games, but Bergwind played both of those games. Saboka never got scratched. Um, which is unbelievable. Which is, I mean, and and his line was what he saved it with a good third period in that game we lost to Minnesota eight to three. That's the game where he <laughs> saved it with a good third period. Uh, I don't, I don't know. My my ideal right now would be to be giving these guys the Tage Thompsons, mm-hmm. the uh, Jordan Schmaltz's, the Vince Dunn's, the et cetera of the world. Give them more playing time, not less. And if Tage Thompson hasn't proved he earned it, I don't care because <laughs> he's got more time to earn it than the other guys. Mm. Do you have anything you'd like to say about that? No, you pretty much said everything I want to say. Well, um, good. We're of the same mind <laughs> on that. Shut up. No, no. I was looking up actually... Tage Thompson, we were talking about how he needs to be playing better, though, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, you know, how long does it take a young player to kind of get in the groove of the NHL, mm-hmm. I don't know, NHL season? And it's hard to compare to, like, a player that gets drafted, like, top five or something we were talking about because they're just expected to jump in, and normally they can. Mm-hmm. But I thought a good comparison, they might not be quite the same player, and they weren't drafted in the same position necessarily, was uh, Jaden Schwartz, because I was like, you know, Jaden Schwartz came in here, and I don't expect Tage Thompson to necessarily be all the way up there as far as mm-hmm. um, compete level or how he's scoring. But we forget that Jaden Schwartz came in and had at least one season where he's just kind of ho-hum mm-hmm. to begin with. And so I was looking that up. It so happened to be our lockout shortened season. So Jaden Schwartz played 45 games in his first full season, air mm-hmm. quotes, Um Seven goals, six assists, 13 points. Tage Thompson, 28 games, uh-huh. three goals, three assists, six points. I don't know. It's mean, sometimes it just takes a little while. And yeah. I'd say Jane Schwartz is on a better team, too. Right. It's, right. I wouldn't, I've seen some people go, man, Tage, I've seen Tage Thompson and I've seen Bust. And uh-huh. I'm like, no, no, not, uh, no, it's, no, no, no. And it's frustrating, too, because it's like, if he's on a line, with any anybody else, he looks better when he's when he's well, on those true, but like top even, lines. Let's let's say he didn't. Okay, if he's on a line with Schwartz and Shin, and he gets six points in twenty eight games, fine. Chuck him back to San Antonio, like seriously. Mm-hmm. But you have him with the two carcasses of this team. <laughs> You've got him with Vladimir Savoka, who is not the same player he was even last year, but certainly before he left for the KHL, and Patrick Bergwind, who hasn't gotten a primary assist on a goal since the Abraham Lincoln assassination. <laughs> and you're telling me that this kid is supposed to take his 20 years of life experience and, like, create goals from the nothing those two are giving him. <laughs> it's like, I just, I don't understand it. And if you're going to give him seven minutes a night with Bergwin and Saboka, just send him to the AHL. Let him play with uh, the top line down there. Let him and Costin get some, mm-hmm. get some time together or whatever. Because it's just like, or, or try him at center. Like, do 
something. But the answer for this team right now is not let's send a message to the young kids so that they get that they really have to work. Like, no, thank you. I'm sorry, but no. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's playing on the fourth line tonight, so that's Yeah. Well, I mean, different. he's with better players down there than he was <laughs> with Bergwin and Savoka, so maybe True. he'll do something. Um uh, anyway, moving on to the mailbag. The two guys, one mailbag. <laughs> um, we took to Reddit, the blue subreddit, uh, where we've gone a couple of times. And honestly, I just did not at all expect the kind of reaction we got. And thank yes, you so thank much you. to all of you who uh, asked questions. Um I love answering random questions mm-hmm. about things that aren't the blues, which we're going to have some. Yeah, I feel like it was a downer episode. So yeah. I'm on a big old high note. Yeah. Dan uh, high Dan, note. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't expect us to have 70 minutes of content before the mailbag, but such mm-hmm. is life. Or Dan we high note do. callbacks. Or Dan high note callbacks. Um, but yeah, so we've got some fun questions. They're going to be all over the board. Uh, they're in no particular order. Uh, for the most part, they're the order we got them in, but we'll start with user trophy pants, which is a great name. Um, this is kind of more of a, it's a little bit statement slash question, but I think we can build a question out of it. (laughs) I'm Um, glad ours are not in the same order (laughs) because, well, this is the very last one. Okay. Gotcha. But, um, I can go back to the start too after this, but he says, my pet theory is that a winning hockey team in the cap era has the best players inside a particular role on the team. Roles like enforcer and third-pairing D get talked about a lot, but what's up, what uh, are some others that the Blues are lacking in? Who's the best third-line center in the league? Who has the best middle six wingers that move up and down in the lineup? The best special teams players? Point man on the power play. Fourth-line scorers who can consistently put up roughly 50 points a year uh, in defensive zone stats. Things like that. So he's basically asking us to talk about some role players. Um, I'm glad that's what you got from it because that's what I have. What the team needs and maybe what they have. I'll I'll start with a positive because we haven't said a lot of positives. I think the Blues have a great asset in Kyle Brodziak. I really do. And I think they need to keep him. Uh, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast from last week. Um, and they were talking about how they desperately need a fourth-line center up in Toronto, which is the team they cover uh, most intimately. And I was just thinking, please don't steal Kyle Brodziak from us, because he does everything you could want. He wins face-offs at a mm-hmm. high rate. He plays a gritty game. He's not, you know, Ragco Gudis. He's not going to go out there and murder people. But he plays gritty and tough. Um, and he does. I mean, he'll put up... Mm-hmm. He's put up like close to 10 goals this season, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and that's all you can ask for from a guy who's your fourth line center. It's more than you should ask for from those guys. So I love him. I think he's an underrated asset and I would be heartbroken to see him weave, uh, this summer. Um, but I think like what, what do we need in terms of roles? And I don't want to cut you off. I want to let you get in, but like, I think, I don't know if... A lot. We, we need a lot. But I don't know if it's as much what we need as, like, as much as we need to identify some stuff. Like, do we need a captain of the power play, or has Vince done that and we need to equip him to be it? Like, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Do we need 
leadership or do we have that? We don't. But do we have <laughs> that? And we need to like just the question let it must be asked. Or you know, and I think part of that is like, does Braden? If Braden Shin's the leader of this team, do we need to put the C on him, or can we like just? equip him to lead as mm-hmm. I make big flowy hand gestures in a podcast. Uh, can we equip him to lead and let him do his thing while Petrangelo is still captain? Um, but yeah, what do you think are some of the needs of this team? And then we can talk about some of the role players around the NHL. Well, that's what my big list is. Um, Sweet. We'll go there then because you what, prepared better than no, I what, what I want out of this team, and maybe it's not so much role players because I think we need a lot of different mm-hmm. things. Is I see next year we have Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko on the first line, mm-hmm. something like that. We got Steen, and we're already at players we don't have. Yeah. Uh, we need a second line center, which yeah. isn't really a role player, but that's something we need. And I'd say, or let's say honestly, we need yeah. a first line center. Yeah. If we can get someone better than Braden Shen. Yeah, but, we do, but I'm trying to tackle it in the sense yeah. of like, we'll just call him that yeah. for now. Yeah, I get you. I think we need. Uh, Second line right winger, too. I uh-huh. think we need two things for the second line already. And in a perfect world, Steen's not on that second line anyways. He's on the third. Third line, this is where I get to roll players. I think you can throw two. Two of Thomas, Thompson, Samford, Sashnikov, Blay, Barbashev on that third line together. Uh-huh. And there's a weird part of me, and I used to not feel this way, but I do now. That line needs some old guy. And it doesn't have to be really old. On the third line? Yeah. Third line? Somebody that's like at least late twenties uh-huh. for these young kids. We cannot do like a kid line. I mean, if they click and they light the world on fire, cool. But we're not icing like a Thomas Thompson Cairo. Uh-huh. It's just not going to happen. No coach is doing it. I'm curious. So what, that's where our role player needs to come in. I'm curious what um, James Van Riemsdyk will command as a free agent. Ooh. Uh, I don't know what his stats are this year, but I think they're decent. Um, if you need someone to score in the five feet around the net, it's that dude. It's that dude. And we do. I and mean, we, we do. do. We need like so We can say so that as a much. joke, but we absolutely oh, yeah. need that. We need that. Uh, he has 26 goals and 15 assists this year. That sounds amazing. Let's do that. Let's do that. I mean, they got to let him walk. Um, yeah, they, they can't afford to keep him. So that's a player you could look at. I, mm, wow. You like I like that, that idea. I like that idea a lot. Um. Josh Bailey's been re-signed. James Neal, I would think, is going to be re-signed. So is uh, Mikhail Backlund, Evander Kane, we don't want. I'm just looking at some of the names. Patrick Hornquist's been re-signed. So, yeah, I mean, I, JVR is a name that sticks out at me as a as a UFA that would be very appealing I to like us. Um, but why don't you talk about some of the role players that you had in mind? Because you seem mm-hmm. to have a list. Role players, I, I mean... I try and watch a fair amount of other teams play, mm-hmm. but I'll admit, I, when you start talking about, I can name you some stars on some teams. Yeah. But when you're like, name me the role players on the Anaheim Ducks, I'm like, huh? <laughs> Ryan so, Getzlav's a real no, role yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where it starts. He plays the role of franchise centerpiece <laughs> real good. Um, but there's a few that stick out that are kind of star role players. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris Kunitz is like the role player. Yeah. I know, and I've even said this before, but you never heard me because we didn't mm-hmm. have a podcast, that Chris Kunitz just rode the coattails of Sidney Crosby being on his line. Mm-hmm. But I'll argue, too, that you can screw up being Sidney Crosby's line mate. Right. And Chris Kunitz did not. <laughs> and, he's, and he's done really he well. He did 
not. <laughs> He's done really well in Tampa this year. Yeah. That's definitely a guy that can move up and down the lineup. Uh, going to Toronto, Zach Hyman's a really good player. He's mm-hmm. played with um, Austin Matthews. Another thing of playing with a star player, not screwing it up. That's pretty good. Let me talk about Toronto for a second because the name that just popped into my head, Nazem Kadri. Oh, is yeah. Soup. When you talk about like second or third line center, that guy is everything you want. I think he's got a pretty good faceoff percentage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, that that's a stat that often surprises me when I actually look it up. But just like a playmaking center, never gonna demand an eight million dollar contract. They have him on like a nuts good contract yeah, too. Yeah, um, and they won't let him go Mm-mm. if as long as they can keep the pieces around him that they need. But that's just a player that like I would drool to have. That if was we could get him out of there. That's like the perfect scenario of he used to have be asked to do a lot more on that team uh-huh. when that team stunk. Yeah. And they got enough players around him that they could shove him down the lineup and he fit so much better down there. Yeah, he's got twenty four goals and twenty one assists this year and forty five points, obviously. And his face off percentage is forty seven point one for his career. So not great, but not terrible. Yeah. I'll take it on this team. Yeah, exactly. Um Journey, maybe not a got this contract. Not a journeyman play. because he's been on one team, I believe, uh-huh. but a a great older player that I think sort of fell into a four point five through twenty twenty two. Yeah, that is <laughs> dang. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, Travis Zajac, New Jersey yeah. Devils. That dude wins face. I was like, nobody's. Business. You're like, I've heard Travis Zajac. He's uh-huh. kind of all right. There's a reason he's only been on the Devils. Yeah. He's not going to light it up for you, but he's like an excellent role player. And uh-huh. it, you don't want to have to go looking for him elsewhere, so you got him. I think he probably came into the league as more of a star or uh-huh. hoping to be more of a star, but he definitely fell into a role that he fits a lot better now. A name to me very similar to that in terms of like same role, same kind of mm-hmm. name recognition. Captain of the Minnesota Wild, Miko Koy. Oh, yeah. That dude also wins faceoffs like nobody's business. Puts up 40 points a year reliably. Never, nobody's like, I gotta get yeah. Nico Koivu. Unless they're in a fantasy draft and they're very smart. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just a player that has a great, I mean, just a great skill set. And I think, I mean, that's the thing. When you're looking at role players, we could talk about this forever. And maybe we'll talk about it more. You have two more names mm-hmm. you want to talk about. Why don't you do that then? Oh, we ain't got to talk about them real quick. Jakob Silverberry? Great, yeah. That's, that's the a dude that name. moves up and down the lineup uh-huh. in Anaheim. I want three defensemen. These are just guys that I don't get a lot of points for really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Josh Manson of Anaheim, Patrick Nemeth of Colorado, and Alexi Emlin of uh, National Predators mm-hmm. now. Really good plus minus on all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good for defensemen. Very little points. So just third pairing guys, second pairing guys don't get talked about. Number one role player, though. Number one, Brendan Gallagher. Oh, yeah. And I, the, I don't even know if that's true, but for me, oh, yeah. my goodness. Absolutely. That's a great name. And I think another one I want to throw out there just in terms of, like, there's one that's kind of gross when you think about it. That's Chris Stewart. Only because he, had a weird he can be a fourth-line fighter brawler type, mm-hmm. or he can be, like, a second-line power forward, which, I mean, he's not – he peaked. And he's never going to be as good as he was in Colorado, especially that one year where he got like 40 goals or something. But he's he's he, mm-hmm. he's a role player, and I think that's the key with role players. It's like they've got skills in certain areas. You know, mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby is not a role player because he does everything well when he's <laughs> Sidney Crosby. Uh, I think David Perron's a really good one too in terms. Oh of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just secondary scoring, can penalty kill if you need him to, can take penalties if you need him <laughs> to. Just got that in there for the Blues fans that are like, ugh, oh, David Duran. But I would love, I'd bring him back again. Do it a third time this summer, Army. Uh, and then uh, yeah, why not? Two ultimate role players, Lee Stempniak. Just <laughs> got to give some love to Lee. Captain Journeyman. And Jay McClement. That dude is like the... Is he still like, around? He's still I don't around? think so, okay. no. But like, I think it's only been a year or two that he's retired. And to me, that guy's like the picture in the NHL dictionary next to role player. Because it's like just a guy that kills penalties amazingly well mm-hmm. and, and wins face-offs. Doesn't score, but he had a hat trick. <laughs> I I can't remember who the other guy was on the team. Maybe it was Lee Stepniak. But uh-huh. at one point, David Backus and Jay McClement made up two thirds of a kid line back in like oh, two thousand six yeah, yeah, yeah. or seven or something, which is weird. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, well, we're I'm I'm gonna bounce around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your question, by the way, Trophy Pants. If you have more you'd like to ask us, hit us up on Twitter or Reddit. Um, you, JJ Nick, user JJ Nick asks us, are hot dogs sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a hotly debated issue on the internet. I haven't done the proper research. My gut reaction is no. For this reason, and that is, hot dogs are a role player. See, I use oh, transition. Boy. Hot dogs are their own category. They're Mm -hmm. just a hot dog. So, no, they're not a sandwich. And it's not the same as, like, a Reuben's a sandwich. It's a subcategory of sandwich. But hot dog's its own thing. Mm. What do you (laughs) say? Let's fight about that. (laughs) That's too bad. I wish wish you would have been staunch in the camp of, oh, these are for sure sandwiches. (laughs) Which is why it's not a sandwich. Because if someone tells you, oh, a hot dog's for sure a sandwich, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Like, if that's what someone's going to fight you about, like, they're already wrong. Because that's just a stupid opinion. You know how some opinions can be stupid? That's a stupid one. I'm more fired up about the stupid hot dog question, which is not stupid. It was a great question. But this <laughs> question than any, yeah, any blues uh, topic. Um, no, because you know what? It needs to be two pieces of bread. And even when your bun breaks, it used to be a bun. And we all know what you're yeah. holding it in. Here's the thing. That's a wedge. A sandwich yeah. is one thing, stuff on top of that thing, and then a second thing. But a bun is a complete piece now it's a what? Complete piece. <laughs> now what would you say about open face sandwich? Oh, see, I don't. That's not a sandwich. Do you know what they had to say? They had to. They had to tell you. They didn't say sandwich. <laughs> they said open face sandwich. Yeah, that's like a different. That's thing. like if you called a hot dog a hot dog sandwich. Yeah. That make any fucking sense. <laughs> What coming like, out anyway. What are like third or fourth <laughs> F-bombs ever on this show about friggin' hot dogs? Are corn dog sandwiches? No! <laughs> okay. Do you want them to be... No. Do you want me to say yes really angrily so I can get you more fired up? <laughs> Hell yes, corn dogs are sandwiches. <laughs> you got the corn and you got the dog. And you got the stick that's in every sandwich. <laughs> they can have a little mad dog Rousseau debate. I'll tell you the corn dogs are sandwiches. How am I supposed to do it? He goes, no. No. Ichiro? <laughs> oh, he's in for sure. Corn dogs are sandwiches for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, there's your there's your quick uh, Mad Dog Russo and the other guy whose name I can never remember. Something Francis. Mike Francesca, yeah. 
We'll do a whole. If you want that, we'll do like a whole episode like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll do an entire French next Halloween. Episode. Yeah, next that'd Halloween. be great. That'd be great. You'll have to suffer. Uh, <laughs> um, Shin Pal, which is another great name, asks us, "Hey guys, long time first time," which is our first oh, time getting a long time first. time. I saw someone named Shen Pai, uh-huh. which is fantastic. It's a play on like Japanese senpai. Anyways, uh-huh. great username. Okay, well, good. good. Moving on. I, this I think is Shin Pal, but I may no. I think okay. you're right. Okay, which is a play on Pin Pal, which is also great. Um, Thanks, Braden Shen. <laughs> this is the real Braden Shen. <laughs> uh, Long time, first time, as we know Braden Shin to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Costin, Kairu, and Thomas, who, if any, do you see making the team next year? Everyone points to them as the future saviors of the Blues. Um, yeah. I have reservations. Costin hasn't done great in the AHL so far. Playing time might be related, but my outlook on him has cooled as the year has progressed. And jumping from the CHL to the NHL is far from a sure thing. Ty Ratty could put up two points per game in the CHL, too. Are they in the C? They're in the OHL, I think, technically. But CHL is like all three of all them three combined. Of them. Okay, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I don't see. I'm betraying my ignorance. You know what you're talking about, Braden Shin Shinell, <laughs> because you probably did it once too. But um, so who's making the team of Costin, Cairo, and Thomas? Gun to my head, if I'm picking one, it's Robert Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. They're waiting on him. I think <laughs> I think they'd put him in there tomorrow if they could. What um, a great feeling to be, I guess, as a 19-year-old. Yeah. That the NHL teams are like, you can just walk on in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I would expect Robert Thomas to be our third line, at least center next year, and never mm-hmm. look back. And I don't, you know, we've talked a lot. Our expectations, we try to temper them about Robert Thomas because he's the only shot we've ever had at, like, developing a top center, you know? But, like... Mm, any center. <laughs> um, even if he... Like, even if he became Nazem Kadri or Bo Horvat, which was the comp we heard at the yeah. draft, I'd, that'd be dope! That'd be yeah. so okay, you know? So, like, I don't want to temper it, but I do think he's one of our centers next year for sure. Um, and then I would put Costin ahead of Cairo. Um, partially because of the KHL thing, which I don't think is a big concern. I know some people are worried, like, oh, if we keep him in the AHL too long, he'll just jump to the KHL. I don't think so necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that entails in terms of, you know, how easy that would be for him to do. But um, I just think he's he's had the year in the AHL already. Uh, Kairu is the one I see as most similar to Ty Ratty in terms of, like, size and skill set. I do think he's better. I don't think Ty Reddy was ever this hyped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he'll take some seasoning in the AHL probably. That's how I'd put them. How would you rank them? Yeah, I, I might flip Costin and Kairu. I think they might give Kairu more of a shot, mm-hmm. maybe, just because, I don't know, they need the scoring part of it. I think mm-hmm. Costin's much more of like a power forward, mm-hmm. whereas we might just need that raw scoring potential that Kyrie yeah. might bring or even the speed. But yeah, I think it's Thomas all the way. I mean, this And offs- JR has talked about that as pretty mm-hmm. much like a a done deal. Well, I mean, you'd hope the Blues part ways this summer with Berglund and Saboka and with trading Stasny, we're God down will. two centers already and I do not see Doug Armstrong going out in the market and getting us two centers. Yeah. I barely see him getting us one center, <laughs> but he kind of has to. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. Thomas probably in the third line. 
does he stay here the whole time and get you know bounce between the AHL and NHL? I hope not. I yeah, I really hope not. He might be a man. I just don't know. I don't see us getting two centers, so I feel like he has to. I feel like he has to fill that spot. Whether he lives up to it, I don't know. But he's got to. He has to as a body. So here's my hope, just in terms of a general, and I want to say to his bigger point, I would rank. I I. I share some of his concerns about Costin, mm-hmm. but I also think not to pat ourselves on the back, but we were the same guys. We were we were we were the same people. Go. No, we were we were also saying at the start of the season to pump the brakes a little bit on Quim Costin. He's much more not, of a project. Not that he couldn't be great, but just because he's he's eighteen. I think still. I think he's mm-hmm. still eighteen. He's coming over to the American rink for the first time ever. He was injured all last year, a major injury last year. And um, all there were so many people who were just like, oh, yeah, he's starting on the team this year. He's making yeah. the team. And it was just so like, silly. let's chill, you know. And so while he hasn't had a great year in the AHL, he had an amazing World Juniors, which I think we forget. He looked great, which, granted, is back on the big ice, but... I don't think that necessarily is as important a thing for a power forward as it is for like a Jordan Kyber type, you mm-hmm. know, um, or as much of an advantage anyway. Uh, and he's been getting lots of like fourth line minutes and crap in San uh, yeah. Antonio, which is gunned to friggin' Doug Armstrong's head for losing our <laughs> AHL team. I think that's the much bigger point um, is that next year when they control San Antonio completely, they can give Costin big minutes and yeah. they can see how he responds. And if he responds well... Sure, bring him on up. Yeah, see what he's got. Exactly. But I think they'll give him some time. Yeah. Um, but I, I did want to make one bigger point now that I have to think about it. I want uh, so if you if you think Robert Thomas is the man, then plan a roster spot for him. But I want the approach to be more like if these guys crack the roster, they're bonuses rather than that's the plan. You know, mm-hmm. because like. I look at that with Robbie Fabry. We've talked about a lot, too, where I know there are people who are like, oh, we'll just have Robbie Fabry back next year and it'll be fine. No, we cannot (laughs) think like that at all because we thought like that this year and look where it landed us. As a Um, fan, that's fine, but Doug Armstrong totally cannot be factoring him into future plans. I want Robbie Fabry to be a star for this team. That would be awesome. But honestly, I, I look at him as like, already gone Mm. in the sense that look i'm not i i want him to recover but he's had two acl tears in the same knee and you need look no farther than sam bradford who's on a poster on the wall behind you to see what that can do to a career and every time sam bradford plays for two games in a row people think oh look he's great and he could be an NFL quarterback again, and then he gets hurt again. And it's just like we you talked about the numbers back at the time he went down about how like grim the prognosis is for longevity with this kind mm-hmm. of injury. I just, you can't, I mean, you cannot, no part of Doug Armstrong can think I'm planning around Robbie Fabry being a, mm-hmm. a top contributor next year. That's just, that is unforgivable. It is unacceptable, and, it, and they can't do it. <laughs> I'd um, say they shouldn't for Robert Thomas so much either, but at the highest, I would say they give him, like you said, yeah. third line center. Plan for him to be okay, so, third yeah. line center, but that you can't plan on him to be. He is not a top no, six guy no, next no, no, year. No. no, I totally agree with that. My only thing with him is like, if you really think he needs to come to the NHL, then I don't want you to necessarily like go. 
I know this isn't happening anyway, but let's just say <laughs> I don't necessarily want them to go out and be like, oh, I'm getting Tavares and Stasny mm-hmm. so that we have three deep centers because it's like, even if it's not this year, you don't want to hire some guy for four, yeah, exactly. three more years and block Robert Thomas, you know, because and then he's got to earn it not, and push even if that he's old not guy out, out of the gate next year. Maybe halfway through the season, he's like locked down a spot, and you don't want to do that. And yeah, you can always move Shin to wing or whatever, but like, yeah. just don't mess with it. Uh, he also asks um, Shin Pal also asks if you don't mind looking outside of the Blues, do you think the Flyers keep Mrazek as a goalie for next year? If so, do they boot Elliot or Neuvert? Um, hmm. That's an interesting question. They've got Elliot signed. To in next year, right? Yes. It was like a two-year deal, I thought. Yeah, Peter Morazic is a RFA uh, this season. Um, I love the uh, Flyers, by the way. They're kind of my second team, so good on him to ask. And this is obviously the real Braden Shen because he's yeah. asking about the... He's asking uh, about his old team. <laughs> so he just wants to know how they're doing. He wants to know. Um, Peter Morazic is, yes, an RFA after the season at age 26, um, and I'll look up Michael Neuvert. I think I know for sure they have one more year of um, Brian. That is a Elliot. that is a weird three headed monster to have. That is for sure. Um, I think the 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 thing I would say with that is any of those guys one year left on their deal, or in Mrazek's case, an RFA, you can trade any of those guys mm-hmm. for something. I mean, maybe you get like a fourth or fifth for Elliot, but you can trade any of them. Um, Michael Norbert is so weird to me because he was like the goalie of the future in Washington before Holtby kind of emerged. And now he's about to turn 30 as a backup. And it's just like, where is the time going with that guy? Um, My gut says they flip the one with the most value. Unless Mrazek really makes a run with him this year. They flip the one they can get the most for and then go forward with the other two and let him battle it out. I, gun to my head, I would say the goalies there next year are Peter Mrazek and Brian Elliott. But that's gun to my head. Only because that balance is like older and youngest and mm-hmm. experience and not, and although Mrazek has plenty. but That'd be my guess. The only one of those three that you can really say maybe has a shot at being your franchise goalie of the future is... Peter Morazic, and I wouldn't say he has much of one. Certainly not franchise in like the Pecorino yeah. sense, but just the guy that you have as your goalie for a number <laughs> of years. Um, and beyond that, I just don't see them making a lot of progress mm. with the other two. Do you have any more thoughts on that, or shall we move on? No, no, that's kind of what I figured. Thank you, Shin Pal, for your wonderful questions, and thank you for uh, revolutionizing the first line center role on this team, Braden. Uh, we really appreciate yeah. that. And helping get your Laterra out of here. Yeah. You've done yeoman work for the Sanders. <laughs> oh, so You're the you. backbone of this team. <laughs> um, uh, couple, we've got a bunch more questions, actually. We'll try to move through them a little quickly. But uh, our friend Hummeltown, since we were just talking about prospects, uh, which maybe you don't have this on your list. Oh, but, I saw it. Oh, boy. He's on top of it, folks. Tommy <laughs> Hummel. At Hummeltown on Twitter says, should we bring Costin up or is he better served in the AHL right now? My opinion, very strongly, bring him up. Bring It won't happen. It will not 
happen. But yeah, <laughs> bring him up and play him on the second line where Tage Thompson should be playing and start scratching Savoke and Bergwin on alternating nights and give those two guys consistent playing time and do it. Like that, if if I controlled this team for the rest of the year, I would be Doug Armstrong and I'd have a talk with Mike Yo. You mentioned this earlier. Mm. I don't want to steal your line, but you were just saying, look, Stop playing Kyle Brodziak 20 minutes a night and trying to get the gritty veteran wins. It's over. The ship <laughs> has sailed. Um, and just, like, make the most of what you can for the future. This is how you... The, this is the thing that boggles my mind about people who are still, like, all in on this team. Not that there's anybody that's really all in on them, but people that are still really optimistic. We raised the white flag ourselves when we traded Paul Stastny. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's not like, that doesn't mean we didn't want to make the playoffs still, but you are saying when you trade your second slash first line center, you're saying we're not making a run this year. Mm-hmm. Whether that means making the playoffs and losing in the first round or missing entirely, you're admitting it to it yourself. So, like, I don't, I just don't understand why the approach is we've got to eke out every victory at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I would bring up coin cost. And what would you do? I guess I would bring him up. I was and the flip side of that, not to interrupt, is yeah. since we can't control his minutes in the AHL, if he was getting solid first line minutes in the mm-hmm. AHL, fine, leave him down there. I don't think it matters too much for his development where he is if he's getting the right playing time. Mm -hmm. Since we can't control that, bring him up here and give him what he needs (laughs) to have. I'd say realistically, like you said, he's not going to get brought up. But I think if we continue to lose and we hit that mark where we're mathematically out Uh a lot sooner than we think we are, I I think he gets a couple games. Yeah, probably. And also, if you want to just pump some life into the fan base and sell some extra tickets, bring him up. Maybe some people will buy uh, JR did have a quote from Army that says, I think when you watch him speaking about Costin down there in San Antonio, he, he's finding his way in the AHL now. I think there's a lot of room for growth at that level for him right now, which is his way of saying he ain't coming up. Um, <laughs> but uh, in any case, I would love to see him up. Gut says it doesn't happen unless we're bounced early, like you said. Uh, but let's do it. Uh User Jagstros13 says, please continue doing the podcast, maybe even more frequently. If I have to listen to the Kimball podcast again, I'll freak. So thank you. Thank you for your kind <laughs> yeah. words. We will continue doing it. That's I don't want plan. you to freak. Uh, we do not. Um, Lure69, hey, there you go, <laughs> says, uh, if you were trapped in a room with a group of feral three-year-olds, how many would you be able to kill before they overwhelmed you? And when asked for detail, he said, let's say a whole pack of rabid toddlers. For this, let's say 50. Personally, I'm confident I could take at least 20 before they simply overpowered me. So here was my thought process. Why, why don't you answer this first? I've answered a lot first. Why don't you, you know? I'm, I'm pretty tall, but I'm also pretty thin. <laughs> and a center of mass is pretty high. Uh-huh. But... That's a bunch of three-year-olds. And I was like, okay. At first, I was like, all of them? I could take all 50 of them? Uh-huh. But probably not true. Three-year-olds are nasty, though. When well, they're not feral, That's they're the nasty. thing. They're already nasty. <laughs> that's the thing. I was already thinking, like, just crazy, rabid, zombie-like, you know, those uh-huh. new-age zombies that are fast and bloodthirsty. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, they got that zombie strength now. I was uh-huh. like, we'll say 15, but more. 
if I can pick one up and use it as a bat <laughs> to like fend the other ones off. And if I get them in, you know, in like a, a bottleneck them, take them on, you know, sort of one at a time, that's sort of ruining the question. But uh-huh. they surround me. I think I get a good, you know, spin wheel going. Nail about 15 of Dead them. Dead rising style. I yeah. like it. Before the biggest three-year-old comes at me. Yeah. You know, the one that looks like he's 10. Yeah. Here's the thing I think. If I am dropped into this scenario, knowing... Fortnite style. Fortnite style. <laughs> drop off the bus and I know what I'm getting into. And I know these are feral children and it's kill or be killed. I'm thinking I can get around 20, 15, 20, maybe 25 if I'm really feeling my left hook that day. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if I'm just walk into a room and there are 50 toddlers in there and they all attack me en masse and I've got to process the fact that it's kill or be killed I'm not getting any of them because they're three year olds and no part of me is like let's kill them. <laughs> You're so telling me there's not a psych- little part of your brain. Okay so two I get two or three because here's a, th- here's a thought I really have in real life that probably means I need psychological help but have you ever been in a oh store boy. and like some toddler just like whips around a corner towards you and like every time it happens and it not in any, like, I would ever do it sort of way, but I just think about, like, if you'd run into me, that would have been the end of you. Like, that would be your oblivion. <laughs> like, I could have just stuck out my hand and ruined your life. So, in that respect, there's a part of me that's like, I've got this. I'm primed for this. I've trained and studied for this moment. So, I'm saying my number's 17. If, I'm dr- if I know <laughs> what I'm precise. doing. 17, exactly. So that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, we're having fun. We're having a good time. Uh, Chevy Metal 4 says, if Seattle uh, gets an expansion team and if Seattle getting an expansion team is basically set in stone, then how do you and Ian think that's you? That's who you are. <laughs> the divisions will reshape. Who from the Pacific would be fun to play in the Central? Who from the Central would you want to leave or stay in the division? Or is there some other way that all four divisions will be changed? Well, easy. You think it's easy? Easy. Give us your easy. Well, Seattle's in the Pacific, obviously. Obviously. We're going to put them in the Atlantic. Uh, Um, You pretty much have three teams in the mountain time zone, as far as I know, in the Pacific currently. mm -hmm. Edmonton, Calgary, and Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And you're not separating Calgary or Edmonton from each other. So it's Phoenix, which seems odd. They are now in the central. But they're moving. That's the thing. <laughs> They're in the central with us, uh-huh. and then they get moved to Houston. Then it's even more centrally. Dallas fight. I've also heard people say, "Well, Coyotes get moved up to Quebec. Quebec City become the new Nordiques, and then you have to move someone out of the Red Wings to the central again, so, baby." So that's what people have said, and that's there's no way that's going to happen. You think so? They fought tooth and nail to get put back in the East. Oh, did they? Yeah. and So Blue Jackets back to the Central, <laughs> baby. Oh, yeah. That'd be so much. Oh, oh, yeah. They'd throw the Blue Jackets under the bus. There's no way that Detroit comes back, especially because what a weird precedent that would be that, look, oh, I mean, they love the original six teams in the mm-hmm. NHL, and they go, oh, no, 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 this crap Coyotes team. That's moving. We're shoving Detroit wherever. The, like, who cares? Uh-huh. Oh no, no, no! They'll be they'd be quicker to move Quebec City into the Central uh-huh. than they would Detroit. Yeah. So yes, I think Arizona joins the Central. I think yours is the most reasonable. However, Let's if Arizona does not move, 
that's a real problem for the NHL geographically. And I wonder, like... Can Arizona, like, put their foot down? We will not move. So here's the thing. Arizona has to be moved. I think the Seattle things created a deadline for the Arizona thing. Yeah. I really do. Because, like, this doesn't work if they aren't. And I know they can just say, okay, Vegas, you got to travel farther, you know, or whatever. Or Arizona, you got to travel farther. And that's what they would do. But there's like, there's no way to do this. And I've thought about it. You, I think your best option is to do like a four corners sort of thing. Where oh, you do just like realign the northwest, everything. Southwest, northeast, or yeah, northeast, southeast. But that doesn't really work. Where do we either. go? <laughs> we go probably in the northwest. Five divisions. Like friggin' Vancouver and Minnesota all the time. Conference is gone. Five divisions. Yeah, I just, I do think the easy answer here is Arizona's going to move and that's going to change things. Yeah. I would love Detroit back in our conference because... They stink. They belong where the Blackhawks and Blues are, but it's not going to happen. You're right. It'll be the Blue Jackets. That'll be who they move for sure. I mean, like for <laughs> sure, if they move the um, Nordiques to the Metropolitan Division, which would be ironic to put Quebec City in the Metropolitan. I don't division. think they'd do that. I think the Nordiques would go to the Atlantic and they'd shove someone out of the Atlantic to the Metro and then they'd shove Seabus okay, to fair. us. That's fair. You go, hey, Buffalo, you're in the Metro <laughs> now. Sorry. Yeah, because I don't know what they could move the Panthers, but they belong with those teams. and Which is weird to say, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they do. So good call. You nailed it. That's why we keep you around to do the heavy lifting. Chevy Metal also asks if water is wet. One of the other big internet uh, debates. I'm primed for this one. So why don't you hit me? I started hot dogs. You start this. Um, this is going to be quick. Water is wet. And I don't have to explain Jack to you. Oh, really? Because yeah. water is not wet. Oh, no. <laughs> it's no. nonsense. Okay. It's so nonsense. Okay, so I would have thought. I would have been a simpleton like you and, <laughs> <laughs> and assumed that water was wet. But I saw this very compelling video on YouTube. Oh, no. And I'd have to find Cheating. it again. <laughs> Which is, no, I saw this weeks before I knew this was going to be a question. And his argument was basically that being wet is the process of being covered in water. Which, how can water be covered in water. It is all the time. It's co- Water's covered in water but all the I'm time. I'm not covered in me. Sure I'm, you are. No, no, I'm not. I I'm think not. you are. I just am me. I just, I'm, I can't make something me. You're covered inside and outside you. <laughs> what, is, what is me? No. <laughs> no, no, Here, no. I got a no. question for you. Okay. If you put water between two pieces of bread... Is it a water sandwich, or is it just wet bread? <laughs> I suppose it's a wet bread, unless it's ice. Oh. 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 Is ice wet? Because ice can be covered in water. Oh, oh, snap. Oh, snap. But then isn't ice just water? This is this is a tough. This is way tougher than ice. Who asked this? Uh, this was Chevy Metal Four. All right. I'm sticking with water ain't wet. I'm sticking with it. 
and you're sticking with water is what, aren't you? Mm. You bastard, <laughs> you simpleton. I wrote down, I don't have to explain why, and I'm sticking with <laughs> Look, that. Chevy, we're going to do some more research and come back to you. Guy Wearing Pants says, first, let me say that I love your podcast and have listened to it since the beginning. That's hard to believe, but thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> he says, but have you guys heard of the two girls one cup video? The imagery that you na- that your name brings to my head is not pleasant. <laughs> uh, and then he says, if we win the cup someday, it will become even worse. Now, Ian, mm-hmm. I have to say, I had never heard of the source material this young gentleman was talking about. And so I looked it up, and he is right. This is very (laughs) disturbing. (laughs) It's deeply disturbing. And we are now the Two Guys podcast. (laughs) Uh, Contrary to that, we had heard of it, actually. That's where we were inspired. Not... I don't know, inspired. Oh, very inspired. <laughs> there is no video feed for this podcast, so boys and girls. baby. Um, yeah, it was a fun play on words, and we made it, because we have no class or dignity <laughs> yeah. or floor on our... When you read Two Guys No Cup podcast, other than the fact that you know we don't have a cup, mm. you know exactly the kind of crap humor <laughs> you'll be exactly. getting. And we've had people say they love our name and have followed us just for that, so we'll take it. Yeah, well, uh, anything we can get. As far as what will happen if we ever win a cup someday, I think you and I have both just said, let's cross that bridge when yeah. we come to it. That'll be the least of our cares or concerns. We'll name that this the come. Strawberry Alarm Clock podcast. Yeah, I don't exactly. care. Friggin', uh, if I knew what song they did, I'd, I'd sing it right now, but I forget. Uh, one final question from creative funny name and look it's possible in the wall of text that is reddit a question was overlooked i think i double checked but if i failed you i apologize and i'll double check again tonight and will do you have one that i no no no, no. (laughs) i'm waiting for you to ask this one we'll get to it next week or you can slap us on the face with reddit you know how you slap people on the face with reddit and we'll do it all again but I think this is the last one. So, uh, user creative underscore funny <laughs> underscore name, which I've said in the past. It's very important that I keep that up. Uh, he says, well, with the Blues looking like they are not going to be in the playoffs this year, I thought this was a good question to end on. Which teams will you be bandwagoning and why? And what team will you be hating on and hoping to lose? I'm glad he asked the question that way because my grandfather used to have an adage. My grandfather lived in Decatur, Illinois. And he said that his team <laughs> becomes important. Okay, thank and he's, you. <laughs> it's just, it will make sense. And he said that his two favorite football teams on any given Saturday were Illinois and whoever was playing the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I kind of stepped on the punchline there. Illinois and whoever was playing Notre Dame. And that's been a motto of my family for ages because screw Notre Dame. Uh, I don't really carry the hate as much as my father and grandfather did, but I try. Um, Tradition. Tradition, mostly. So my two favorite teams in the playoffs are... I guess the Philadelphia Flyers, because they are my second team, the Golden Knights, and whoever's playing the Nashville Predators, because screw that 
team. It ain't time for them uppity new age. Nate never heard of hockey before Carrie Underwood sang the national anthem last night, last year, pretending <laughs> sons of bitches to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear none of this Vasilevsky, Vasil. That's going to be hard to sing. It's going to be hard for them to do their little chant with Andre. I guess they'll just do Andre. That'll just be <laughs> You get the point. I don't want it to be the Predators. There isn't a team I wouldn't root for over the Predators. Three cups for the Penguins over the Predators. Yes. And if I'm being real honest, I kind of like the Jets. I know that we shouldn't, but part of me is like they're just so fun mm-hmm. and young and talented. And they use kind of purple as a color, so that's cool. Um, Who were your team? Yeah, I hated the Jets before Nashville became worse, and now the Jets seem a lot nicer. Teams to root for? It's so hard to root for any team in the West. I'll start doing that once Seattle becomes a team. Um, Yeah, maybe the Jets. I'd prefer the Jets or the Predators. Out East, I guess Toronto. Mm -hmm. I still think it's too early for them. Um... Or let's see if the Devils make any noise. I don't think they will, but that'd be kind of fun. So let's who here are the playoff teams right now. Let's just run through them real quick. As of this moment, the East would have the Penguins, Capitals, Flyers, Devils, Blue Jackets, Lightning, Bruins, and Maple Leafs. Of those teams, don't want the Penguins, don't want the Capitals. I weirdly want the Capitals less than the Penguins. At this point, screw them. Yeah. They were, I was hearing somebody, I think it was Puck Soup today, talking about, like, what if the Devils beat the Penguins and then the Capitals can just skate to the Stanley Cup? And I'm like, no, I don't want them. If they ever get it, they had better beat the Penguins while they do, do it. Do you understand that's like if the Blues made it to the Stanley Cup final against like, a, I don't know, a weak Eastern team, Florida. they go, yeah, they go, oh, now the Blues can win their cup. I'm like, you don't get it, do you? <laughs> this is the St. Louis Blues. Like, I mean, the Washington it's Capitals so true, yeah. are pretty much equal yeah. to the Blues minus a couple of years. Yeah. I don't care if the Penguins are out. They'll find a way to screw it up. Yep, exactly. Flyers I'm down with. Devils yeah. I'm down with. Jackets I'm down with. Lightning, I'm honestly down with. Of the yeah. superpower teams, sure. Who Why not? Cares? Um, it feels like get it out of the way. Yeah, it's going to happen. And plus, then New York gets two first-round picks, and I really desperately need to see that happen. The <laughs> Bruins, I don't want... I, I don't know. I don't care. They're like the most nothing team in this to me. <laughs> like, Rick Nash and David Backus wears a cup finally? Sure. Go for what it. What a weird... Who cares? Picture that is. <laughs> Wow. Zidane Chara gets to lift it into the stratosphere one more time. Can you imagine you're like a time traveler and you watch TJ Oshie just plow through Rick Nash <laughs> and like David Back is on the ice and you go, hey, that guy and that guy are going to be on the Boston Bruins and they're going to win a cup in like yeah. 10 years. And you're like, what? <laughs> no. The Boston Bruins also like my weird dark horse in the group. And yeah. then Toronto is cool. In the West, Predators, Jets, Wild. And stars currently, and the Golden Knights, Ducks, Sharks, and Avalanche. So, oh, uh, you're right. I can only really root for. I'd be fine with the, the Knights. Jets. Oh, I was saying, sorry, in I'd, our in our division. In our division yeah. yeah, I'd be fine with the Jets or the Avalanche. Yeah, that's I fair. nothing the Ducks. <laughs> I detest Pete DeBoer and Joe Thornton enough to hate the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, Knights are cool. Nothing the Ducks. Are the Kings in? Hate the Predators. Not currently, no. Okay. Um, Hate the Predators, like the Jets, hate the Wild, Mm. nothing the Stars. I think I basically nothing the Stars. I don't want to see Ken Hitchcock win another cup, but he's He's so obviously not gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna. So, so yeah, that's my final ranking. What do you think? 
I can just see that shit-eating grin on Hitchcock. I mean, one in the cuff, like, oh, should I just come back? I guess I should just come back, I guess. Um, in the West, yeah, it's just the Jets for me. Jets are Knights. I mean, Knights because they're just a fun story. Yeah. And Jets, I don't know, yeah, because that's kind of what I wanted the Blues to be. Mm-hmm. And they feel kind of like the Blues, like... I feel like they're going to beat or they're going to play Nashville. Nashville's going to beat them. And I'm going to be looking at the Jets like, I'm so sorry. I know <laughs> what this is. Your team's pretty stacked. You're like, how come it didn't work? And I'm like, because it's because luck's not on your side. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Mm. Oh, what? I think we had one more question. Is it from him? Is it his? Oh, no. See, here's the problem. Oh. I'm glad you wrote all these down. Because you had the usernames for people, and I do not. Okay, what's your other question? The other question Well, hold on then. If we have one more question, we got a second question from this fella. This fella, creative funny name. He says, if you guys could explain how the discovery of the Higgs boson particle impacts your view of quantum physics and how it can be used to argue... Is this your other question? No, but if if you... Go ahead. I'll uh, just finish uh, it off, uh, just to make Mr. Koski proud. Argue <laughs> both for, he doesn't know, <laughs> for and against quantum entanglement theory and string theory. That would be cool. Uh, and then he says, just effing around with you. What's the beer drink of choice uh, for watching Blues games? Can't say water because that's cheating and healthy. No one likes that. So first, I will say authoritatively that the Higgs boson particle has a non-zero constant value uh, in a vacuum and validates the standard model through the mechanism of mass generation, which I knew and did not yeah, find on Wikipedia. You stared me <laughs> dead in the eye and told me did that. Did not read it off the screen at all. Was that like... You said it like it was like this opinion, like we were arguing whether or not a hot dog was a sandwich. Isn't that just a fact? Whatever the hell it was you just said. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say no to that. Okay. I don't like the Higgs boson. (laughs) I like the Smith boson. Ooh, dang. Because it's a better boson. That boson gets to the dirty areas. <laughs> that boson can play center. That boson takes amazing face-offs. At some point, it just becomes ridiculous, but it becomes even better at the same time, I think. Yeah, the Higgs I boson think... needs to be waved and sent down to the AHL. The Higgs <laughs> boson's no good it's and not. has never been good. I think we've always known that. Honestly, if, if we're honest, we've known that. Yeah. We've known it. Higgs so, boson drafted top five for who knows why. Probably because of the last name boson. <laughs> you know what? Just because your dad was a good boson doesn't mean you're going to be a good boson. How long does this go? I don't know. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do something. Well, I'm going to say that it stops now. You supposedly have one more question for us. <laughs> so, yes. uh, that's our thoughts on the... On the uh, what do you Higgs drink, though? Oh, yes. Uh, so today our beer of choice is a lovely Blue Point Toasted Lager bottled by Anheuser-Busch, as is everything else. <laughs> uh, but our actual beer, I think our ultimate beer of choice actually is the Big Walt Lager from O'Fallon mm-hmm. Brewery, which is delicious and very toasty and delightful. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's seasonal. I couldn't find it the other day, so I'm worried it is, which will make me very sad. Uh, but it's a great, great drink. O'Fallon Brewery, let's get trashed. (laughs) 
We've done shout-outs to O'Fallon and Schrader's Funeral Home, which is a perfect microcosm of this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. And your final question, sir. You need to, you need to see who it's from. As I frantically All right, search. I guess i got to ask it. Okay, I can look on Reddit and see who it's from. So, considering all the pitchforks and armchair oh, GMs yeah, coming out... I did out, forget to cover this one. Excuse hypothetically, me. if we did fire Yo or Armstrong, what, in our opinion, would be the next step? Who do we hire? What moves do we make? Etc. Which will get your name, fair user. I'm working, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Mike Mo, Username Boom. Mike Mo. He hacked on the Matrix. He found <laughs> your name. Um, yeah, let me get those last numbers, Morpheus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a great line. We all remember it. Uh, so I don't think it's going to happen. I wish it would, but it's not going to. But, uh, however, I think what happens is if they're both fired, it's Marty Brodeur and I don't know who our coach is. If Doug Armstrong fires Mike Yo, I heard Jeremy Rutherford the other day say the replacement is Dave Tippett, formerly of the mm-hmm. Arizona Coyotes, who apparently Doug Armstrong has some history with, and he thinks that would be the guy Armstrong would look to first. Which wouldn't be terrible. I don't think. It'd be fine. He's on my Um, list. He's on your list. Uh, I would love a bigger splash than that, but you're not going to get one. What I really want, my heart of hearts, I would love John Tortorello to coach this team, because why not? Just take the gloves off and just do it. That's how I see it. But who would be your coach as I kick your foot underneath the table? (laughs) Uh, I had three. I had Dave Tippett, okay, former coach of Arizona Coyotes, coach Dallas for a while. There's uh-huh. your Army history. Sheldon Keefe, who is currently the coach of the Toronto Marlies, mm-hmm. who have like an amazing season currently, and mm-hmm. last year did. Now it's kind of been a stack team with some of those younger guys in Toronto before they were promoted, mm-hmm. but I think he might be the next coach to come out of the AHL. And the second to next coach to come out of the AHL is Todd Nelson, who coaches the Grand Rapids Griffins in the AHL. Detroit, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, AHL team. And he's, I think he's, I think he led them to whatever the heck their cup is. Mm-hmm. The Junior Stanley Cup. There's a real name for it. Calder? I think it's I think it is the Calder. Calder. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, those are my three. Now, if you're firing the GM... See, this is a hard question for me to answer because, like, other than us just poaching a current GM, mm. which normally is or hiring, what happens. Um, what's his name, Mark Bergevin, when he gets fired, which oh. I don't want. I don't know who you like. That guy don't have a job outside Montreal. You know who I want is Bill Friggin Armstrong. <laughs> Let's no. just do it. Let's just lateral move it. I don't know. He's. I mean, he's not the only scout, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he even a scout? He's just the head of I think he's the head of scout. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'd leave him where he is. I've heard a lot of things about the King's assistant GM, Michael Fuda, who's supposed to be very good. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a made-up name. It is not. Uh, <laughs> it is not. Uh, Paul Fenton from the Predators, also an assistant GM, is supposed to be very good. Uh-huh. I want, uh, I don't know, I'm torn on this. I want some young gun. I want that Arizona kid. I mean, not actually him, but like some like I want some like thirty-five-year-old like Steve Ott to be promoted to GM, <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. 
Let's do this. I got. Then. Remember when my hamstrings both got man. snapped? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know a thing cool. or two about face-offs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I th- hard. To I think realistically, out. you're looking at less exciting yeah. moves. If you fire the I GM, think Marty Brodeur would step yeah. up probably. Um, yeah, if you fire the GM, the coach is gone. It's just a. Oh, it's yeah, a given. A package deal for I sure. think Yo's gone before Armstrong's yeah. gone. But man, it's it's rough. We were talking about this, this earlier. How much longer so we does Doug Armstrong have? Because if he doesn't do if he doesn't do the things I want him to do mm-hmm. this summer, if basically to me if he doesn't get rid of Berglund, Saboka, and Allen, Allen, what we I'm just yeah, Allen it is. I don't think you did a good job this mm-hmm. summer, and I think it's worth some scrutiny and possibly getting a different GM. So we've gone on far too long already yeah. to go deep into this and we've got plenty of podcasts in the off season to do it but i do think that this is a good question to just mention that this is the first time i've ever looked at doug armstrong and thought this is not the woman i fell in love with <laughs> exactly exactly um we no i vows. mean like in the first time in a long time where i've thought all right Fixture-ish, Doug Armstrong. It's going into the end of the second with a nothing-nothing tie, which means Jake Allen has stopped twenty-one of twenty-one stops shots. Okay, remember what I just said. Keep Jake Allen. (laughs) Breaking news that we forgot to break at the beginning of this podcast: Billy Husa, or not Billy Husa, Carter Hutton got injured at some time today. He's got and Billy Husa has been called up as in under emergency conditions, which, in a weird way. May be the best thing for this team long term. Uh, but we'll talk about that more next week. <laughs> Just because I want Carter Hutton, but like if Jake Allen can establish himself enough to be traded, let's do it. Um, what was my question? So, <laughs> D- Doug Armstrong has a big checklist, big to do list this summer. A Big one. Mm-hmm. And if it is not a monumental offseason, he will be absolutely deep in my doghouse starting next year and he will have to work his ace off to recover from that uh and that's my final point about Doug armstrong do you mm-hmm. have any more points no about i agree armstrong? well it's been fun it's been a fun evening mm-hmm. uh it'll be a fun morning i hope for all of you who listen um thank you <laughs> sincerely for all your wonderful yes, questions yes. i mean from the bottom of my black and charred, shrunken heart. And uh, my healthy, exuberant <laughs> heart. <laughs> I do want to thank all of you who listen and who take the time to ask us questions. We love, like, I yeah, think we appreciate it a the lot. The best really. part of this to me that I didn't expect is the interacting with everyone. Like, mm-hmm. I knew you and I had fun talking to each other about <laughs> hockey, but I didn't know how fun it'd be to start a Twitter and yeah. do all that stuff. So awesome to all of you if you asked us questions on reddit and don't follow us on twitter go do that at two guys no cup we have a ton of fun over there and speaking of twitter we have a tweet of the week which we have to give to kurt price uh because i just cracked up almost died when i read this from a couple of nights ago when the san jose sharks drubbed the blackhawks he tweeted san jose sharks are up seven to one on the blackhawks duncan keith just scored an own goal wakey wakey dipshit (laughs) (laughs) which is just perfect if we cannot enjoy the Blues victories this year, which we can't because they don't exist. 
we can at least rejoice in the Blackhawks' failings. We have that, Blues fans. Let's celebrate it. Uh, without further ado, we will sign off and see you next week on Friday because you will be going to the game on Thursday. So we'll be recording Sorry. Friday, folks. It's all Ian's fault. <laughs> That's not even a preview of what's coming up. After. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for all your questions and for listening. Sayonara. Good night. <laughs>